Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Articulating Insight podcast, the podcast where I talk to interesting and creative people from around the internet about the foundational principles of art, mainly through film and music conversations. Although we haven't talked about music that much in the past like couple episodes, but it'll happen. It'll happen, I swear. Um, anyway, today I had Jay on from the YouTube channel Style is Substance, which if you haven't seen, I would highly, highly recommend it because it is absolutely one of the most insightful and interesting film analysis and critique channels out there. And Jay's always got this super informative and interesting perspective to any film they tackle. And it's just it's just awesome to watch. So I, I mean, obviously, go check it out and just see what films you're interested in that they've uh, done videos on. And yeah, go check that out because it's awesome. In the episode today, uh, we do, again, get very specific with our discussions in this episode, um, particularly with our conversations about Sallow, Funeral Parade of Roses, and even our soul conversation. So if those films don't really interest you or you're unfamiliar with them, I would still highly recommend sticking this episode out because near the end we have a very broad and important conversation about what it means to be conscious in art creation and art engagement that I think is widely applicable and is really the type of conversation I made this podcast for. So please stick it out for that because I think it's just an amazing conversation and like that's not to to talk down on any of the conversations we have before because there is a lot of great insight in this episode about the preconceptions regarding children's films I think a lot of people have and also just different matters of critique that are so important um, I just think it wraps up super nicely so just saying like if you ever think it's like oh I've probably heard it all no you haven't you, you, you're not ready for that fi- those final moments or whatever anyway Jay was a fantastic guest overall and I, I think the the podcast really just flows beautifully right to the end this episode uh and some of the concepts we cover does continue a bit on some of the notions discussed in the last episode, which was the uh, Your Cult Boyfriend conversation, particularly in terms of what it means to engage with children's films and the difference between looking at a work on an individual internalized perspective versus viewing it in the wider cultural context. I think in my rumination since last episode, I have decided that I do want to continue supporting children's films like Pixar movies and uh, stuff like that because, to me, to articulate sentiments that I can internalize constructively and I think are presented in a conducive way is worth supporting. And I think in this episode, we really get into the nitty-gritty justifications of why, and I think there's some really great moments that we have during our soul conversation, and even a bit of our Mitchells versus the Machines conversation, that do lead to um, a kind of an epiphany I had in this episode, um, particularly where I mentioned, like, 200 years from now and stuff. Like, I won't get into it now, because you're going to hear it soon, um, but... Yeah, I think those moments like were actually like a big breakthrough for me in understanding why it's all right to support these films and what they can actually serve, you know, to, to people. Another uh, thing we talk about is the film Funeral Parade of Roses, which I feel bad because I was a little ill-prepared to talk about it here, even though I should have known it would come up, and I think I'm the one who brings it up anyway, which is <laughs> kind of funny, but... Uh, yeah, I don't really get into my qualms in the film in a very nuanced way, and if you're interest in my further take in the movie my review of it on letterboxd is a much more articulate uh condensation my thoughts in it but i just feel like the the methods of articulation that they use 
for that film is not conducive to the really sensitive and important topics that they bring up. And um, I just feel like, to me, it, it felt like an insensitive work in that regard. But, I mean, obviously that's my perspective. Jay has an amazing video about it. Um, and they do a great job defending the film in this episode. And I, I, I can see their perspective where they're coming from. I just don't think it's uh, quite conducive to how I engage with films. But that's just, that's just a, a base level difference. And I'm so glad um, of Jade to hash it out without getting defensive or anything. You know, about me, me kind of um, absentmindedly attacking a film that I know that they have a lot of passion for. So I'm, I'm so glad for Jay being just really open here and having a great conversation. And that applies to everything here. We have so many great places that <laughs> you can tell we, we both get really amped up this episode. There, there's some parts where we just, we're just kind of jumping over each other to answer certain things. And that's awesome. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's such an open, engaging conversation uh, on both sides here. And um, yeah, I, I had a great time recording it. I had a great time editing it. And uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it too. So without too much further ado, I present to you the style of substance J conversation on articulating insight. I hope you enjoy. Well, see, the thing is, when it comes to like what art is right now, I think to me, I, I, it's hard for me to like think too selfishly because I, I guess I, can't, I I just have this tendency to just view it as kind of like this cultural thing, right? Um, or, or not even just a cultural thing, but sort of like a, uh, I mean, as far as we know, just worldly thing. Um, mm -hmm. where the cross cultural, uh, like it's almost like, I, I, and in a lot of ways, I think that um, culture cannot survive without art. Um, even though arguably you could argue the antithesis where like cult that culture itself is actually destroyed by art. Mm. Um, but I don't know how true that is. I just don't know. I mean, like if you think back to even like, you know, the earliest human civilizations, you know, they would have ridden like on um, like cave walls, right? Like, like pictures of themselves. So like, so there's like this, I feel like there's like, there is like this human need if not of expression, at least of uh, representation mm -hmm. of, of, of of human social interactions, and also like people have this tendency where they want to record things, they want to record history, and but sometimes like if you think about kind of like um, you know like the ancient Greeks, uh, they uh, they didn't necessarily just want to um, record history, but they wanted to also sort of like in the process like present like this really propagandic like view of themselves right where where, the, where there would be like um presenting themselves in, in such a way where um as time went on people would continue to like look fondly upon them so like that's kind of how like a lot of myths are, are are made where it's not you know they want to say like oh yes i'm a descendant of a god they, you know at the given time like there may have been some like level of like be belief in that but it was exaggerated and then kind of like um for it to carry on throughout each generation um so so i think like in a lot of ways art is kind of like telling a story in that sense um and then and also a uh documentation of um a given time period a given like um culture um individual experiences um it's all sorts of different things and then even from an architectural standpoint like like it, that's very much like an establishment of what like this group of uh people um what they are right what, what they are in in and where they're going where, where they're from um because a lot of it is like people take pride in themselves based off of like 
you know, like at least traditionally based off of kind of like their lineage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not just like from like kind of a, uh, you know, not just from like in a, in a sense of blood, but also just like in a sense of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways that can kind of lead to sort of kind of like ethnocentric and kind of like, kind of like, um, instead of as nationalistic, like, like, like viewpoints, but that is ultimately, I think, what, how history is built in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as, but as far as like art goes, and I'm, I'm guessing that here you kind of want to talk more about films, right? Like, like mm-hmm. more specifically? Yeah, mostly, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't have, I, I don't know how much I really have to say about like music. I, I'm sure I have some things, but like, well, well actually, actually, that's a, that's a good, um, point of, of distinction there because like I think with music uh, I I have a tendency and maybe this is sort of naive but also maybe it's just kind of like just how I'm I built at least at the current moment I'm sure if I like read into like music theory I could appreciate like music in a more deeper level mm-hmm. but kind of as it sits right now I just like to like play songs and, and listen to them and kind of and like and do as minimal amount of like research about them as possible because mm-hmm. I like to kind of isolate I view music as an escape but at the same time I do acknowledge that people look at music a little more intellectually than than, than I tend to and that's totally valid and and, and, I, and I would encourage it because I think like um, so long as you're interested in, in doing so because I, in a lot of ways I know that the way that I look at films um, and maybe the way I look at films kind of like um, it's it can be quite intense, right? And, and, and sometimes it can like drop that more intimate aspect of it mm-hmm. of, of my own like personal engagement with the work because I just find like the the art form so fascinating. So so I, so so I look into that. But then when you the more you know, kind of like you know the phrase is like the ignorance is bliss, right? Mm-hmm. But like the more you look into like 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 a certain subject matter kind of like like the more you know and the more you can appreciate something but at the same time that can also be at the cost of um of being able to really get into that mindset of escapism Mm -hmm. as i I do think there is an important aspect of that so that's kind of how i like i separate like film and and, uh music i'm not necessarily like that that musically talented and that's kind of one but i feel like i have some kind of creative like um drive that's that's a bit and, and i'm a very visual kind of like um learner and and storyteller so so i think like in a lot of ways like film i am um drawn to it uh in ways that i'm not really drawn to music does that kind of make sense um yeah yeah and like i know that some people think i'm i I can be like a little elitist um (laughs) but when it comes to film and and maybe there's some truth to that but but at the same time like i do acknowledge like yeah if somebody just wants to like watch like a movie in the same way they like to get on a roller coaster i don't think that's really that bad honestly um, because I don't really think it's bad for people to look look towards things as as escapism. You know, I had this um, I had this friend of mine um, who like would go to like this art gallery together, and she'd be she'd look at like paintings, and she would cry. She would you know the the, the tears would be pouring from her eye sockets, and 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 she'd be sitting there like looking at these or, or standing there looking at these paintings, and and really kind of connecting with them. And what, you know what she'd do right after um, going to the art museum. Mm. Hey, do you want to go to um, the movie theater and watch Detective Pikachu? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and in, in, in a very kind of, like, superficial um, way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's totally fine, though, because I, cause, uh, at least, but I was struck by that. Um, because in a lot of ways, like, you can, um, there, there are many different ways to engage with something. And I don't necessarily think there is like really one right way beyond like kind of what it means to the individual. But at the same time, I think that um, people have, sometimes some people have a tendency to um, 
voice um, their opinions on something, and and it's totally fair to voice their opinions. But but the opinions that they voice would be kind of like very essentialist, very like absolute. Like this is how it is. This is what objective quality in, in, in a work of art looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm kind of more thinking about films in, that, in this respect. Um, and I think sometimes like they just don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's it's good to kind of sort of break that or where it's like they kind of like adhere to this kind of like cultural canon where it's like this is these are the films that um that everybody say say are great, so they are objectively great, but that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. Um but but then at the same time also people that kind of like say that, that their subjective opinion is kind of like the the most valid way. It's like yes, but I think it's also sort of important to kind of understand where the collective consensus is coming from. And that's kind of what I start doing with my uh, videos on my YouTube channel, uh, Style of Substance. I, I, I try to, um, lately I've been kind of like looking at like certain conversations that people have about a given work um, and sort of like, and what I tend to see when it comes to something like like Blade Runner, I made this video about um, a little a contentious scene in it. Um, people will talk past each other in a lot of ways, but then sometimes they sort of find some kind of alignment but ultimately what I see when it comes to like controversial topics, um, what one person says and what another person says um, may be very kind of like at odds with each other. But I think that there's there's still, there's there's validity to both sides of, of the way that they're approaching the, this piece of art. But at the same time, what I've noticed is that the arguments that they get into oftentimes aren't really articulated all that um, well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I kind of would like to see it's kind of like evaluate like what is this discussion that's being had about something like Blade Runner or, or the Silence of the Lambs but I, I like looking at like these conversations because I feel like hey there's an interesting discussion to be had and people are like coming close to getting there but they're, but they're really beating around the bush and they're not really trying to understand the other side and then kind of come to a uh, educated um, conclusion based off of whatever because you know you can look at something like the Silence of the Lambs I think it's a great movie um but like kind of the argument um that i was like kind of like engaging with is, is like whether or not the film is transphobic mm. and i you know i looked at it from different perspectives people have said it, said different things about it and i think there's validity but at the same time you sort of had to find some kind of like middle ground within that and see and see what exactly is um what exactly is this text saying mm-hmm. and regardless even if it's not always pretty and maybe sometimes it's not really even intended on, on the part of the director, or it's kind of more unconscious. Um, sometimes you can still like the text, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like, like I like all sorts of things. And sometimes, dare I say it, some like kind of more like quote problematic art, like I, I engage with it and I'm interested in it because of what it's saying about society and sort of sometimes it's like from a detached sociological point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I approach like s- some films like from like D.W. Griffith and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, does that kind of answer your question? I don't know. I kind of started going on a tangent there. <laughs> answered so. a lot of questions. Um, and I, I feel bad because you brought up so many great points there that I really want to touch on. And I know we'll get distracted by one of them. And I'll be editing oh, this. That's totally like, oh, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm cool with whatever. Yeah. So, so let's start at the, fir- the first point in your response um, in like the way you talk about the function of art as like a very fundamental like human thing i think it's very telling of our different in um, difference in approaches when you talk about 
your first impulse is to talk about how it reflects culture and history. And I've, I've noticed through watching your videos and listening to you, that's definitely your field of interest is evaluating films in a cultural context and like in a broader scope. Like you say in there, um, in the Sallow uh, Sardonicast response, you say every film is political. And in that sense, like I absolutely agree that every film can absolutely be engaged with in that context. But I also agree with um, the flip side, where it's that every film is the work of unindividual un or individuals and are the preservation of personal insights from them. And that's the way I'm wired to engage with films as well. So I feel like well, both our perspectives are totally valid and like... Um, well, I, I, I'm not entirely sure that those are completely contradictory, contradicting mm -hmm. each other. Um, be, because if you think about it, um, the personal insight that somebody um, provides, yes, they may not be completely... Well, in the case of Salo, I think that Pestalina was very politically... had a real political alignment in mind. Mm -hmm. But I, a lot of times when it comes to, to a film, like somebody may, may just want to be expressing themselves, expressing their frustrations, responding to some kind of... Thing I, I would still say it's political though in that sense, but because I, I feel like um, whatever whatever means they're they're using to express themselves and also like whatever they're trying to say with such means, ultimately they are um, in a roundabout way maybe not completely in alignment with any kind of like party or or, mm -hmm. or, or so on and so forth, but they are ultimately saying commenting on on on. Uh, society in some way i would say uh, so so in that sense i i would still say it's political i don't really know if, if we're really at odds with each other in, in this respect actually yeah no absolutely not i'm like i'm not saying we're at odds with each other i'm just saying the method in which like if all i got out of films oh. are what they say about society that's not something that th oh yeah you look at it kind of more from like an individual from like the individual artist point of view right and try to see like what they're saying about society rather than what the, the text itself divorced from the artist is saying is that kind of what you're saying uh, no I mean, no I see... because I, I think the text can absolutely transcend the artist in a variety of cases i'm not i'm saying uh, i don't care what he has to say about a macroscopic like group of people or humanity mm -hmm. or whatever i only know what i can internalize to my own perspectives on things and my own like um, principles in a way so what I'm saying is is that this is something me and Zach kind of came to odds with in the last episode where I talk about the notion of a universal truth where I say that I engage I don't engage with something like Shakespeare or Griffith like looking back on this old antique I engage with it the same way I would engage with a contemporary work because in in some of Griffith's works, well, actually, there's kind of a through line in all of his works, but whatever. Like, there are things to be taken out about personal passions, about transcending yourself to articulate things that are constructive and important. And I engage with those things the same way I engage with things now. So that's why I say I don't engage with them politically, because I feel like politics has to do with the way society is structured and the culture is structured at the time. And I feel like to view things on an individual like you know we were like universal perspective is a way to to look kind of away from those things and towards what i can do um, as a person to to be constructive i i would still argue that is political actually but i don't know i see what you're saying i i think i see what you're saying at least um basically you try to kind of look at it from a more individualized personal kind of kind of perspective um and kind of the the, the political the political like underpinnings of that is kind of more peripheral, maybe sort of kind of like the umbrella to everything, but at the same time you try to look at it more on that individual level. But you say mm -hmm. something about universal truths. I think that that's 
my my question for you in response to that is like how does a person um even if there even if we are to assume there are universal truths how does a person accurately measure that um objective truth that especially when it comes to like quality and art mm-hmm. um, i it, it feels weird to like cuz like i i'm not really to me, it's like if a film can articulate at least one piece of strong language or imagery or something that I can take away and internalize, then that's a good thing. So it's like, not... Yeah. So it's more like how you can like um, engage with a text and then kind of extrapolate something from it that you personally recognize as an objective truth. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, okay, it, okay. That's when I... When I say universal, I don't mean applicable to everyone. When I say universal, yeah, maybe I mean just not say, the whole yeah, Maybe you just say universal. Okay, maybe you just say like universal truth rather than objective. Um, uh, um, well, I never I said like, objective. Oh, did I say objective? Well, I, said. I think you just said universal, mm-hmm. but I would... I would say that there are more or less the same thing, regardless. Like, or at least the, the logical trajectory of what universal truth is kind of would be um, an objective truth. But it's kind of like, I think people are sort of wired, at least whether it be social, or just like their natural way to rec- to sort out the world and, and uh, recognize things as like objective absolutes and, and, and truths. And they try to like make sense of it. So that's why people try to like establish kind of like clear dichotomies. But in reality, mm-hmm. classifications of things, it, it's sort of somewhat arbitrarily paced, right? Um, but I think like when it comes to like measuring like objective quality or, or, or universal quality, I just don't think that people are capable of doing it, even if a work technically has it. I think like the best argument one can make in that sense is actually if they adopt a theological framework Framework because that's like going outside to the boundaries of uh of of like the observable like like kind of like human world where people put their faith in something but but if it's not like a theological or kind of like metaphysical like um um thing i just don't see like really that much validity to something that's uh that's just kind of like trust me this is kind of like this humanist thing where like i just recognize this it's like it's like well yeah but like what is that where does that really come from is kind of my question in in response to that because like i i just don't you know of course the postmodern um idea there would be that there just are no like universal truths or or that but like i don't know if i would necessarily go that far uh, because i think like there but i just think that if there are universal truths we can't like accurately measure it and you almost need to like first establish some kind of like um framework in order to uh in order to make sense of that but then that framework is like the only way that for me to even recognize that is kind of like being like based off of like objective truths is is it for it to be theological but like but if but if god's not in the equation in the in this discussion then i think like you almost can't really like adhere to um anything like uh, what you're basically describing is maybe not quite um it's maybe not quite this but like it's it's definitely adjacent to um what uh what in critical theory was called um formalism which basically came about like in in response to kind of like the gradual decline um away from like theological thought but ultimately formalism just kind of like is based the way that it worked for criticism is it's based on kind of like sort of like arbitrarily defined principles but it's like why do we have faith in these principles so then like all these critical theories whether that be like modernism postmodernism um 
um, post-structuralism, so on and so forth, all these different kind of like, uh, or even even like Freudian analysis and, and, and like in adopting kind of like what, what, or what somebody like Nietzsche or feminist theory, like these different theories that, that arose, those were all in response to formalism. What you're describing in a lot of ways, I feel like, it, 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 it was like implemented in, in society for so long, but then people are like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. So the way that I see it is either like you almost need that theological framework, or if you're wanting to move on from that, you can't really kind of like recognize things within like these um, absolutes. And I think like the postmodern um, response would basically be like, no, you got, you have to like reject um the notion of, of of objective like 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 truths, or at least when it comes to like objective quality, I don't believe. Um, for example, like, like what's like well, I sort of maybe believe in objective truth. I just don't think that I can really like make a good case for them. I think that people tend to fall under these kind of mindsets. Um, but uh, but I think like at the end of the day, I, when I look at like two works of art, and if if it's something like I don't know. Um, like Tarkovsky's um, um, Stalker, mm-hmm. and, I, and then I compare that to something like I don't know, um, name name like a new film. Uh, like uh, so, this really bad film uh, with Zach called uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. I really hated that you film. Just gotta keep uh, calling out <laughs> Mitchell's versus the Machines every episode. It's, it's, ter- it's terrible. I disagree. But, I disagree, and we'll t- we'll talk about that I, later. But yeah, we can get into that. But 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 at any rate, like if I look at those two, I think like yeah, there's an objective difference of of quality. And yes, that's what I kind of like believe, like like intuitively. But at the same time, can I really make that case? And should I make the case? And I think the answer is maybe not. Intuitively, I believe there's an objective difference, but uh, of quality. But but I don't think that it's really one can really make that that case actually. So when it comes to high art and low art, I just don't really believe in that dichotomy yeah no i i think you're zoomed way out like you're looking at like theology and all these um you know classic ideologies and stuff and really i'm just talking about again i i didn't mean universal as inapplicable to everyone i meant universal as a not beholden to certain contexts or time periods and so what i'm talking about is individual sensibility because you're talking you brought up the framework you need a framework to evaluate these things and i'm feeling like that on a way that the way you choose to internalize insights preserved in a work of art is dependent on how you've developed your own principles through your own life experiences and your own influences. So yeah, in, in that way, that's yeah, what I'm talking yes, about, but, an individual perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, but at the same time, like the individual perspective, we're, we are kind of like beholden to kind of our social environments. We are kind of beholden to kind of our, our, our given time period and so on and so forth. Yeah, so when you talk about but, like, but work I'm of saying art, that like, well, like you don't talk about universal, when you talk about like universal or like kind of like what's recognized as universal, you know, it's fine. We can just say universal truths. Mm. If you talk about universal truths, even that is, is sort of in some ways based on it doesn't it's, it's I think cyclical. like the logical it's trajectory it just what we're both well, talking well, I, about the individual like individual experiences influence context that influence individual experiences so we're really just arguing yeah, but context here. but context also influences the individual though yeah absolutely absolutely and I, I've it's weird I've never refuted the fact that you're right, but you keep pushing against my idea. I'm just saying that I internalize things on an individual perspective in that like how will this affect my life in this uh, like super okay. small okay, scale? Okay, so so 
Okay, so so let's just kind of look at it from a so let's just look at it from a kind of a more like personal like individual level, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like like a very personalized where it's like how do I feel? What you're saying is like what you prefer is when you watch something like Stalker or whatever movie you like. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, Salo's it, a like, good example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at well, actually, Salo is a good example because I feel like. Um, so it's kind of weird because I feel like people on my channel have told me that like I'm either too cold and kind of like um, like like I'm either too cold or they say that I am quite personal. It's mm-hmm. interesting because I feel like the people that watch me they will see that I sprinkle in a lot of kind of more personal stuff. If you watch my original Salo video where I mispronounced the title <laughs> Salo, oh, yeah. um, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, but um, if you watch that video, that's that's quite personally driven because mm-hmm. yeah, cause, no, like, absolutely. I'm, and I feel like some of my other stuff are too, but I'm trying to, what I try to find, what I find most interesting, I guess, personally, is um, I try to look at where um, my personal response to something, but then I try to contextualize, why do I have that personal response? Mm, yeah. And then that's kind of what I, where, that's kind of more the wavelength where I write, because I try not to be too personal, but I let the personal kind of like seep into it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just saying like, um, I, like, I think the example with Salo works so well is because I think it works from both perspectives. Like, to me, Salo is one of my favorite films ever, not necessarily yeah. just because of its political context and what it says in that regard, although, of course, well, I know that's exceptional. But I think just the fact that it's such a pure, unfettered, like, that film, could, like, aesthetically, in the way it's so uncompromised, that is the result of Pasolini just digging deep and having a real sensitivity to... to his own perspective on these things because that film looks feels and operates like no other film ever made that i can think of and even if it did it it would it's still like such an uncompromised view on his point of view so that's why and i feel like the metaphors it has in it aren't these very complex ideological Mm -hmm. things it's a very simple it's really a study in control which can be extended to any level from individual to macroscopic and political so I'm just saying, like, that, that's well, a great example like, of how There's, we... like, a mass applicability to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And, and no, I, I completely agree, even if I do believe that there is kind of, like, a specific intention that Pasolino was kind of fueled by, but I don't think, I don't think like, you need to, you know, in terms of, like, analysis and approach, you don't have to necessarily, like, you know, prioritize that yeah. um, per se. But ultimately, yeah, I do I do agree with you, and I think, like, when it comes to, like, like I mean, that's also one of my favorite films, too, so mm-hmm. we have some common ground here. But, but okay, but, but specifically with, with Salo, I I think like it, it is a very like like kind of like my own engagement with it is a very personal thing because it, it it speaks to the um it really it really speaks to me in the sense of like what I perceive foundation of, of, of good and evil in a way and the way I see it and what a lot of people don't seem to understand even when they watch my whole video for whatever reason is I think that there is an underlying kind of like um a level of beauty that's kind of like that, that's like that's between the lines that kind of um that's like not necessarily even obscured some of it's really is in plain sight but it takes a couple of viewings to really see that because that is basically what Pasolini is ultimately saying is that is that our desire to kind of like make sense of the world and kind of like like uh and uh and spiritual um journey as people is very much um part of the human condition like like naturally like naturally speaking you know and he also made he made that movie about jesus as well um so he's because, because i think like ultimately like but the thing is what i think he was saying is like we need something to kind of like fulfill us spiritually mm-hmm. and without spiritual fulfillment what 
really is left. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, you can kind of really look at that from a personal level. So what you're saying is, like, I, I, I feel like a lot of the ways that, that you're approaching film, I do approach film in this way. It's just kind mm -hmm. of more like the way I write about it is not necessarily... Um, completely in alignment with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but, in a way, like, um, I, I think, for example, I think, I mean, this example of a film you've championed and I, and I kind of went against, I think our, our Funeral Parade of Roses reviews kind of sh show this kind of dichotomy where, um, like, I'm just focused on these very fundamental, logical ideas of portrayal and stuff like that, and you're more focused on on this wider cinematic context of like you had that um that, that Japanese film historian on where he, he went into how the the film's documentary style was very influential at the time and about natures of these broader notions of like um, identity and uh, like queer content in cinema. Um, hmm. But I I was looking at it from how I think that film is. A, a negative example of representation in perpetuating stereotypes and stuff like that. But I think that may just be kind of a, a struggle that you have with sort of like, um, at least I would consider it postmodern art. Yeah. Um, at, at least when, when that really becomes abstract, because I think like basically what the film is saying, it, it exists as this underground piece. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of is a political statement in some ways, but it's also really much about the individual the individual identity, but also the individual identity in conjunction with the, the underground community where you find kind of solace within within one another but in that sense like i don't think that the film would work as well if it if it if it were really bound to logic because at the end of the day like when you're looking at like like a film like in a lot of ways it still is a documentation of well at least if it's not animated that's another discussion um but but when it comes to when it comes to like a live action film like like you have um it is a documentation of reality in some ways, but it's, it's of performance. And, and then, but then it's also like, but then if something's a documentary, it's still somewhat staged in the sense where it's like, yeah, but you're, it's being preserved for, for the camera. That's very unnatural. Mm -hmm. But with yeah. the film, what Funeral Parade of Roses is about is kind of more about like, hey, this exists as a product of, um, of culture in response to culture, in response to kind of these social orders. And, and I think in a lot of ways, like in order to be truly free at, at, at like individual expression mm -hmm. you um you can't be like so you can't so strictly adhere to this like overarching structure that 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 that, that um normal people by normal people you, you know people that, that fall outside of your your little underground community um like adhere to and insist upon why not break it why not expose but, but I, I, of, my argument with that film is that it doesn't i think it fits specifically within these sort of stereotypes it doesn't provide anything that I what do you mean by, what do you mean by fitting within stereotypes um because in the sense that i think in providing this sort of detached like the film's presentation, although I think it could be effective in certain respects, does not encourage sympathy and empathy and on the level relation to these characters. I feel like. Um, the, oh, I completely disagree with that one. <laughs> like, I, I, I would, I would say the exact opposite. But mainly, mainly what maybe what you're saying is that like <laughs> it doesn't because it doesn't take the the characters seriously as characters in terms of like within its own narrative story. But it's not about the it, narrative it's... story. It's the fact that it like I outlined in my review. It, it, the film has a variety of these very intense distancing effects that mm -hmm. like like even a, a great deal is made about the documentary interviews that really say very little about these these people. These like not even characters, people, well, well, individuals, well, well, and, and they're this, really just what, like what I'm saying about this people is, is 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 how they are in conjunction with with the rest of the world. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of like in a good example of like what I was saying earlier, where basically these film like this film is about 
how the individual experience cannot really escape the overall confines of what defines them. But and I in disagree. Order to maybe oneself, that's why. Maybe I disagree. Maybe not? that's why I don't like the film. And, maybe, like, and, and that's my main problem with postmodern art. I feel like postmodern art misses. Like maybe maybe a good like simplistic metaphor is misses the forest for the trees in the sense that it's so obsessed with the machinations of communication. It's so obsessed with what's real, what's not, that it misses the notion that you know even approximation of reality is still an approximation of reality, and you can use these tools of communication to give people valuable insights into things. For example, I feel like a great example of that dichotomy in a singular artist's work is the difference between Bo Burnham's eighth grade and Bo Burnham's inside. Bo Burnham's eighth grade, he doesn't worry about the artifice and about the notion of what's performance, what's not, and he just tells a real story that is applicable to a great deal of people. I would say applicable to everyone of this generation in terms of social media anxiety. Whereas with inside, he gets so wrapped up in the machinations of what's performance, what's real, what's genuine, what's not, that I didn't gain anything from it. I just gleaned from it. I thought it was a very self-indulgent exercise in that way, and I usually don't like to use that as, as a thing, but I thought in that way it was more about him confronting his own insecurities rather than making something that's widely applicable beyond himself. Well, my question is why you need to actually make, if art is really kind of more for expression, like my question then is, is why would Bo Burnham, why would Bo Burnham really need to make something that, that's like completely outside of himself? Because I, I think ultimately like something like Inside is kind of a expression of himself, but I don't want to uh, let you go so easily on what you're saying about Funeral Prayer of Roses, because mm. I think with that film, I, I, I would, I completely disagree that, that it, that's not saying anything about kind of like the more individual experience, because I think like ultimately like what the film is about is, is like it is about that individual experience I think it is about kind of like, like the individual experience in conjunction with the community you can't deny that uh, I don't think but and also like you talk about how it's, it's not wide um applicable you know it's not widely applicable to to every single person you know on this earth I, yeah I wasn't claiming I that I never claimed that because I never claimed these that. are people that are ostracized by the regular person yeah, absolutely, and, and, and it does and, nothing and, and to encourage sense, a base level of empathy also. with these people as individuals. It still, it, it uses a variety of, whether intentionally or not, it creates a huge distancing effect in the viewer that it feels the need to backpedal a great deal of its sequences, be it the experimental shorts that are very expressive and great, which it then has to assign to these, um, th this critique of cinephiles that is incredibly, um, like, finger-pointy, and unarticulated, and then there, there's obviously like the fourth wall break stuff where you, you can't have a moment of great trauma for the central protagonist without a guy looking in the camera and saying, well, that was freaky. Those things do not help to push the film's central articulations for, forward. If anything, they put no, you backwards. I completely, I, completely, I completely disagree because it, because the, the film exists as an underground piece in opposition, or at least in somewhat encounter to the the overall um, society at large. Because in order to make that point, you have to establish that dissonance. I disagree. I, I think like would Salo have worked better if there were fourth wall breaks and um and and the, the variety of distancing effects using Funeral Parade of Roses. Um, I think that I think I think in that case I I don't. And now you're kind of getting me like creating fan fiction in my head, and I'm thinking like, would it be interesting if Salo were a bit were a bit more postmodern? And, and I my, disagree. My, I don't answer, think it would be. my answer to that is like, I, I, I don't I don't always like to think necessarily within what ifs, but um, 
it would just be a very different film if that's the case. But would it, could it potentially work? Yes. But I, uh, do I, I think it would necessarily be better for the individual text? Maybe not, it, because. It, but I think in that case, it would just be a very different text. And when it comes to, but I don't think that I don't think Sally was really about the same exact things that. I mean, in some ways it is, but but it's it's it's, it's quite a different film from *Funeral Prayer to Roses*. Um, I, I don't yeah, necessarily I, see them as like I, I, all I agree, that comparable I'm just in that respect. It. I'm just using it as an easy example of a film which I think has a very important message about oppression, about people. Okay, but 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 the difference there is I think that like Sallow, if anything, you could argue is kind of more about um, the youth of today, or or, or at least youth well, of then. Sure, sure, um, yeah, absolutely, and like in the individual we're, we're, semantics, we're, we're, right? But 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 the difference there is like one's kind of more about like like the the broader um, generation, which is what Sallow is. Yeah, so exactly. Kinda, but like, Whereas *Funeral you know, of Roses* is specifically kind of more this underground yeah. queer community yeah. um, that, that 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 that's it, it's, it's very different. It's, it's yeah. different. I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. And I didn't want to get involved in the semantics of each piece specifically. I'm just giving an example of a film that th this is what I'm opposed to. I'm I. This is what I mean by universal truths. Sallow is a film about people shown in the clearest way it can possibly be. Sure, it's performance. Sure, it's an approximation of reality. But it's using film as a method of communication. If someone's talking to you and they're just talking about the machinations of language and speech, that is absolutely valuable in certain contexts. But for postmodernism to imply that is the function of communication is absolutely misleading because then you're missing the entire rest of human experience just because you're focusing on the machinations of communication, which well, is not productive. I, 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 well, the thing is, I sort of understand, like, the idea that you kind of like um, saying here, I just don't necessarily agree that. Maybe I just don't think that f that's that you're really giving an accurate assessment of funeral prayer to roses. Okay, sure, but I, I don't. But, I, I don't care about the funeral prayer to roses discourse. I care okay. about the postmodernism discourse because that's the more widely applicable concept here. Okay. And I agree. I, I maybe I, I would be open to reevaluating funeral prayer to roses. I just I was very upset that such a film was being championed for. I, again, it was a similar thing to what I experienced in 2001. I go to the t front page of Funeral Parade of Roses. No one's talking about really nuanced, in a nuanced way. It's, it's themes, it's articulations, it's this. They're talking about, wow, that was a crazy experience. Holy shit. And it's just like, well, maybe we should look deeper into this because this is a, a nuanced text. And I'm just trying to analyze why it didn't work for me and why I didn't feel like I gleaned a great deal from it. So yeah, okay, I, I I see what you're saying. Um, and by front page, I'm guessing you mean like Letterbox, yeah, right? Yeah. Like okay. So um, one thing I'll say about this, Letterbox is basically just film Twitter. Oh sure. And people just log onto Letterbox. They're just like, whoa, man. Like I watched this movie. I don't really get it, but there's some, it spoke to me some way. I just don't know how to articulate that. Yeah. No, and, absolutely. And so and that's the case with Children on Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and I understand that. I was just using that as an example for how I felt alienated from the general response to this film and hadn't seen a lot of dissenting views critiquing its methods of communication, but whatever. But I would love to have this conversation more later because may, maybe once you read my review, I'm, I'm probably a lot more cogent than I am now. But I would like to, to kind of... Um, move on to something else you brought up earlier, which sure. is the notion of medium specificity, about the notion of you can relate to film and, and you, you can't relate to really music, and you know your friend can relate to paintings, but well, can't uh, well, I can I can relate to music. Oh, sure, yeah. It, it's just more... 
I just engage with them differently because yeah. sometimes I just don't. Sometimes I, I like to just treat something as a form of escapism. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to know all that much more. So yeah. I just want to just just like hear it, listen to it, and kind of like maybe the I don't know like all the terminology, and and I'm okay with that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, like, the way you talk about engaging with films in different cultural periods and stuff and engaging with those contexts, yeah. the way I push against that's the notion of universal truth is the same way I'd push against not engaging with music the same way as film as a rule, even though I'm, I'm sure, like, you do. I'm just using this as an example where right. the same way I define film as the articulation of insight, I think the same thing applies to music and paintings and speech and everything, where it's all just the preservation of these, uh, these well, individual insights and that you can gain... In, in a sense, the same principles and, you know, experiences through these different mediums, and they're all just individual tools. That's that's what I'm proposing here. Okay. Um, I'm sure I can find something that I disagree with that about, but yeah. at, the, at the core, I, I, I get what you're saying here. Mm. Um, but my question in response was, the, when you say the articulation of insight, do you mean the articulation of insight in a way that, that the, uh, the, I guess with film, the viewer... Um, will understand at least on an intuitive level or do you mean just kind of like the articulation of insight for the sake of it being articulated for the sake of expression because there's a difference between somebody expressing themselves and somebody um telling somebody something does that make sense yeah absolutely uh, no like, and i totally agree and i do think that is beholden to different contexts where if you're okay. making a response to something if you're in a dialogue absolutely you, you do have to consider what you're doing for your audience because that's the function of what you're working with um, right. But uh, but I would argue that when you're making a piece where you're articulating something individually forever, like where you're making a film, a novel, a piece of music, considering that audience can sometimes muddy your original intentions and make something that that isn't as true to what the to what insight you have. So I, I think. Um, in the sense, intention doesn't really come up when engaging with a work to me as much. Like, sure, that, that's absolutely helpful to engage with something, but at the end of the day, the work is the work, and you should engage with it as it exists, um, using whatever tools you can. But um, when it comes to but making there's like different, work, there's different ways to inform your opinion, basically, is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm, yeah, but, but well, like, or, or different elements right. that inform your opinion. Like, because like, if you hear the intent and then go back to the work and now see that thing is self-evident. That, that's absolutely valuable. But if you hear the intent go back to the work and the work disagrees with it, but you agree with the intent, well, then you don't like the work. You like the, you know, whatever was said about it. So th that's the difference I'm saying. But um, yeah, my notion is that when you're considering the audience, that's beholden to context. But if you're preserving something forever and an, a personally formed insight, you should just make it as clear you can articulate and singular that thing is. Just like what Pasolini did with Salo, where it's so out of touch with everything else, it's just his singular vision. I mean, I could probably still dispute that, but... Um, yeah, but like, well, no, but, and of course, like, like yeah, you know, there's but, uh, an interplay, I'm just saying, like, that's the right. ultimate. No, 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 I know, I'm just, I'm just saying I can, <laughs> I can be difficult like that. Um, that's okay. No, 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 I, 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 I see what you're saying, but, but, but still, I think, like, but do you think that maybe you may be thinking a bit too selfishly? If I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Do you think you may be thinking a bit too selfishly, or like too solipsistically, where it's like it's where where to you all that matters is your own perceptions? Should you not maybe consider like what others are saying, and then maybe that can in turn inform the way that you look at 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 the piece, and then and also the person who engages with said piece. So like you mean when creating something. 
sure, but I was meaning actually just like like watching like a film, like like, like in kind of like try you, like I think it's good to try to maybe understand where people are coming from. Yeah, but what it no, seems absolutely. like to yeah. me, what, what it seems like to me is, is that you you have this framework, but but I, but I think there's 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 flaws within that framework, and I think you don't completely adhere to it because I think you do want to know where other people are coming from and and kind but of like what they're that. seeing, uh, right? And then then like what it means to them. But I think what you're you're kind of frustrated from what it looks like. We may be getting a little off topic here, but mm. but you, it seems like you may be a little frustrated by kind of like, um, for example, people on Letterbox that that you just want to know where they're coming from. You want to know how they're engaging with this piece, but it just seems like they're just sort of like um, copying, copy pasting like what everybody else is saying, mm. and what everybody else is saying is not actually that like really of depth. It's just like, whoa, this is crazy, man, right? Yeah. Well, no, and I acknowledge that. I, I was using the front page of Letterboxd just as an easy example again. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't put faith on the front page of Letterbox being like, "What? Well, yeah. they, they liked a bad no, 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 film? No, no, like, you know, no, like, what are you... you know, that's this? fine, but, but, you're, but I think... I think based off of what you're saying here and kind mm. of what you were saying in some of the other podcasts that mm. you've done, um, I, I, I think you're kind of like you want you just want people to, like people have insight about like a given work it, mm. or or or, um, or insight they've extrapolated from the given work. You want them to then articulate it to um, other people. You want to hear where people are coming from. Mm. You want to learn about. Um, art through other individuals' experiences, yeah. rather than kind of more like an, an academic like analysis of of said work. But you, but but you do acknowledge that those academic analyses can help inform like what the work is about and so on and so forth, right? Yeah, absolutely. And well, um, I would argue it's kind of all the same thing. If you yes. have a sensitivity to something. Well, it's the same thing of critiquing a work or creating a work. If you have a sensitivity well, yeah, well, to something, yeah, well, yes, because we all have our own like subjective or subjective differences and, and, and subjective like kind of interests. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I mean, obviously, like you know, somebody could like apply like like a feminist like um, analysis of, of like let's say let's say stalker or go back mm -hmm. to stalker. Where it's like, hey, like what's up with the way this this film treats women? But then yeah. you have somebody else that's applying a completely different framework. You know, it could be like a theological framework or or, or yeah. um, a philosophical framework in, in some other respect. And you get different results because mm -hmm. people have different wit means of kind of like of of preference in, in how they engage with the work. Mm -hmm. But I think like you but I think it's good to sort of have some kind of framework. But what I do with my videos is like, you know, sometimes I what sometimes when it comes to some films like Fear and Pretty Roses, I try to like um just like spotlight the film, right? Because mm -hmm. I want more people to watch it and I want them to kind of engage with it in different mm -hmm. ways and kind of talk about like what, what the context within the film. But also sometimes I want to sort of just like apply like my own interpretation, like this is how I kind of view it, mm -hmm. and, the, and and that can be backed up through this like sort of the like critical theory. But mm -hmm. you know when I apply like a critical theory to a film, um, unless like I'm writing it for school, I, you know, I try to be like lenient and loose. I don't try to be so strict with it, right? Because mm -hmm. there's different, and I do try to incorporate some tangents if if I think like it, it will make like the video better. Mm -hmm. Or somebody may find it interesting, but then I. But the main thing is like when I make my videos, at least as of now, I thought about doing a bit more experimental with, with some of my work in the future. But mm -hmm. um, what I'm trying to do right now is just kind of like is to articulate um, different ways th that they can engage with 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 the film, whether you know, right? But so that's me communicating to them through, I guess. I mean, if if you call video making art, I, mm. you could say so. I well, guess. no, it is. It's um, communication. It's, it's, it's uh, all art is communication to me. You know, something that I do a lot of times, like, I may, like, apply, like, auteur theory and kind of, you know, in, in some of my videos, but then pretty much every time I bring up auteur theory is, like, I, 
I think there's value to it, but I but I also like to demonstrate it's not the end all be all. It's just one way of looking at it. Yeah, of course. Like well, and um, like because each film is beholden to the own circumstances of its creation, you know. So of course, like there is right. no one theory, you know. It's like saying like there's the theory for deciphering how people talk. There isn't because everyone talks differently and uses different things, and you can expand that to film, you know. I would yeah. agree to that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so yeah, man, <laughs> you got you got deep. So let's um let's keep going with. There's something I do want to confront here a lot. Um, yeah. I do notice. I think you have, I, I think you've admitted this before too, a predisposition against children's films. Um, oh, I knew this was going to be brought yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, well, of course, with the Mitchell uh, versus Machines thing earlier, I got to gotta take some, gotta okay, take some vengeance. So, okay, so when it comes to Mitchell's, okay, I, I would admit, I don't want to talk about Mitchell's versus sure, Machines sure. that much. Yeah. But when it, comes to, when it comes to that film, so the way that I approach children's films, mm. um, and sometimes I do watch them, sometimes kind of out of sheer curiosity, sometimes because I'm sort of interested in what is really being taught to children, sometimes mm. because I'm babysitting, which I haven't done in a while, but... Yeah. Um, like for example, I watched like Angry Birds when I was babysitting, but I knew that the person the person I was babysitting had already seen it, so I wasn't like I wouldn't turn it off. But I'm watching it. I'm thinking like I don't think that this is really teaching that good of of messages to children, mm -hmm. and that's sort of what I see with a lot of children's films. Is I think that they I know that I was just like shilling like like *Final Pride of Roses* and stuff just a moment ago. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with adult films or not like porn films, but films that are made for adults to be vague and kind of be kind of like up for interpretation. Mm. When it comes to uh, films for kids, mm. I think they should instead be kind of a bit more clear cut and kind of aim for some kind of like 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 messages or like a moral for the kids to understand. Yes, you can kind of deviate from like traditional narratives, but I think also like there is value to be found in kind of like adhering to that three-act structure and to adhere to cliches. Contrary to what um, frankly not that great of YouTubers say about um, children's films, mm. I think it's actually sort of good for, for them to have kind of cliche narratives mm. and, and to be predictable because that children are kind of... Um, gaining a broader understanding of the world um through these films and they and and kind of like and they're building their sensibilities of of of, of uh story conventions mm. it's cool to know i'm cool i'm all cool for conventions i'm all cool for breaking conventions but you first have to know the conventions in order to break them mm. you have to have something there um that's constructed in order to deconstruct it, right? Mm. So kids' films, I'm totally cool with them being like um, kind of more straightforward. But the thing is, what I see with with a lot of these uh, children's films that I've that I've seen is, I think that the messages that they're actually teaching children are not necessarily that good, or at the very least, they're they're deeply flawed. Angry Birds is definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Angry Birds, well, so I don't know. But yeah, yeah, Emoji Movie. I like, frankly, like like the way that people responded to that movie was a bit like wild. But like, mm. it's not a good movie, I don't think, and not for the, because I don't think it's good for children. Okay. Um. So what about Mitchell versus the Machines? But, do you but, think? But, okay. But when it comes to Mitchell versus the Machines, I think that okay. Well, I I think it's a little okay. This wasn't really their problem. Uh, but like, it was released at a very bad time, in my opinion. See, I, I, never, um, I don't get that because Zach mentioned that last episode, but 
I, it's just a really simple, like, silly phone satire. Oh. Like, it's not, well, like, you, condemning well, the use well, of phones. It's just kind of like a well, jokey yeah, well, thing. Well, 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 yes, but at, but at the same time, the, the, the thing I have an issue with that, um, beyond just finding it really obnoxious, to be quite yeah, frank... And, and that's like, fine. Like, that's I just, fine if you, okay. if you okay. like, were personally... Okay, I find it really obnoxious, but I also don't think it's necessarily that good for kids, because I think that, like, like its messages were, are very muddled. Okay, for example, you know, it's almost like, oh, yeah, we need to connect to each other. We need to connect better with, e with each other, but we also need to um recognize the place of technology and, and new forms of communication but um, I, I don't that, think that, that's the message the, of the movie no i, I think that's right it may not be the primary message but but it's there but the issue that i have is is the fact is um in, ter in terms of the narrative is that like the the villain is set up like as like this phone was almost like basically it's it's just framing technology as like kind of um at least in some forms like like this evil she's set up as, as this character that that should be a um you know a sympathetic villain where it's like you understand where she's coming from she's the bandit and that's kind of how we treat cell phones where we get we we get one and then we throw it out Right, and we get a new one. It's always the just, new, 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 new. That's just a um, gag. That's just a gag in the movie. That's not. No, it's, it's just a gag, but it's, it's still built. It's still part of the narrative. So I don't think so. I, I think kids are not sensitive to that. I don't think kids will internalize that from the movie. I think I think kids I think kids are smarter than you're giving them credit. Though. I, I think, think kids I are think, smarter than you're giving think, them credit for. No, I think I think they unconsciously um, do internalize this no, stuff. No, I, I think that's comes, such a throwaway when it comes bit. To the villain, when it comes to the uh, this, this is my main point here. When it comes to the villain, she she's set up as a kind of the sympathetic like kind of like where it's like oh you you get where she's coming from even if it's it's ultimately just treated as a gag in the end. She gets waterboarded towards the end, and it's like well where is it? What's it really saying? I don't think it's really saying anything of depth. That's um, not the core way. of the movie. That's a plot structure. The core of the movie is the central family's relationships. You know, it's about the the. Yes, and and I think, but I think it's ultimately like framed. I think it's very much made by um, an older generation, like kind of like um, saying like, "Hey, kids, we need to, you need to, um, we need to connect with the, with with each other." Yes, technology has a place within but like not this new environment. That's the point of the movie. You keep plowing on that. That's not the point. The point of the movie. I think the protagonist is an incredibly modern person, where she's a content creator. She's someone who's yes, who's, yes, but yeah, it's so, the same as so, so, grade, so in a lot of ways, it's it's acknowledging that there's new forms of communication through technology. That's not what that it's about. Should... It has nothing to do with technology. No, it, it is what you're saying. It, it, it's true. The, 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 no, it's about um, human relationships um, within not... the family structure, sure. and then and then also and in our engagement or lack thereof with technology. That <laughs> like, think, you're getting so hung up on the plot structure. It's the same thing Zach said last episode, where he says soul is about the preconceptions of an afterlife. I don't think either of those films are about uh, those. Uh, films. Okay. Well, first of all. Like, no, okay, okay. Just, again, just, let's not get hung up on the semantics. Just, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, no, so, absolutely. I'm just using that as an example. I'm just saying that yeah. Mitchell vs. the Machines, uh, I thought, had a great insight about what being a creative person means in choosing your future, how to reconcile that with an older generation, about someone, like, you know, obsessed right. with more traditional jobs and stuff. And I thought it had a really right. great message about how to communicate right. those things and, and how to... And, and, yeah. and, and, but, but then... And then by proxy, it's it, it's it, the means in which it uses to communicate that. I think there's there's, there's also like there's there's byproducts of that that 
kind of have very muddled messages, even if it's even if it's it's not necessarily the the core thing we're supposed to focus on. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you, that's you can argue about the I'm subtext saying. of the movie, but is that worthy of a half star when you think a film has weird subtextual side things that you disagree with, which I think are not focused on in the movie at all? Like that's that's just a simple plot structure that, like you said, is to establish a common contact with common context with kids uh, okay. and make uh, something easy something to digest, about... which are the central messages, me, okay, which are okay. not objectionable. <laughs> Okay, so when it comes to giving star ratings, I well, I do know what I mean. That, there's, no, I don't value that at all. Well, sure, like, for sure, but you, you still like, like, you have a considerable audience. You've taken a strong stance against this movie on a public platform. Yeah, and and I don't think. Well, it, well part of that also, I think that adults like, I, like if a kid if a kid gets something out of it, that's cool, that's fine. There are movies that um, aren't for you. That are more for kids. Why, why and, is that? And, why is that? And, That's I think my central problem. I was thinking about this like like for, for a while because okay. even with your soul review, I left that fucking essay of a comment. Um, it's Wait, that. Did you? Yeah, what I did. I, what did I say about soul? You said kids' movies should be made for kids, and I don't think that's your place to judge. You're not a kid, so why not? Why don't you well, judge? Hold on, it hold on, hold on, hold on. So if I were a kid, you think that I? So so if I were a kid though, right? Okay. It would be my place to judge whether a movie what whether a movie what, was made for kids. Exactly? Yeah, what's the history exactly? Um, I I just think you should engage with the film out of what you got out of it instead of engaging with this imaginary idea of like, well, what would kids think? Well, well, That's what not I got, for you. What, what, what did you get is, out of the is, movie? You know? Okay, okay. But the thing is, what I get out of uh, a movie like Soul, like I think, like ultimately, is um. Not that much. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, absolutely, I, I, and I, I think that's because you don't have a sensitivity to it, and that's fine. But you should acknowledge well, that and not act like this big arbiter of what kids will like. No, what do you mean? No, my, my, wait, wait, wait. How do you interpret my review there? I, I think you think kids wouldn't like the movie, and you are providing the no. voice of kids who wouldn't like the movie. No, what is kids movies should be made for kids? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that I think that adults shouldn't be um, so hyper fixated on movies that are that are ultimately made for children. Well, the, but the, yes, they, again, yes, they can, yes, they can like them, but also the issue that I see with so and may and you can maybe and I think maybe the the the, the contention here may actually not be what. In, in where you actually may think it is. Mm. Um, uh, uh, but our disagreement probably actually lies more within like who I think that the, the film is actually marketed more towards. Because sure. I would argue that over time, Pixar has sort of, yes, they still make films that are definitely for kids above anybody else, but they, they, they recognize that they have a growing audience of people who are a bit more older, who are a bit more, at least should be, a bit more mature, right? And and I think ultimately a movie like Soul, I think like while it it definitely has enough elements for kids to enjoy, and and I think that's totally fine, that's totally valid. Mm -hmm. um, but I th but I think ultimately like it has also a lot of um, and we may disagree with this part. When I say a, film, a, a movie that's for kids should be made for kids, what I mean is it shouldn't be made for adults ab above kids. Um, and because and and oh, I... because I think ultimately what 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 adults will be 
would would be getting out of it is a um kind of the simplest answer for the for for these uh for these like but you for just these said problems that, that the kids should I don't th- I don't think kids should be concerned with a lot of the stuff that Soul that Soul is talking but about. I, I, like in my comment, kids should because there's a great deal of stuff in Soul about uncertainty yeah. about about choosing a career path in your future or you're okay. finding personal passions and stuff. That's all directly right. so, related so, so, so to kids. They, so, so kind of like you would argue. Um, so th- so that's what I'm kind of thinking. Our disagreement here actually may be more about what the film's about. And and sure. my takeaway may be different from yours. Yeah, absolutely. Do I? I I, th- I think there definitely is enough here that kids can enjoy. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think. But what I'm kind of more focused on, what what I'm kind of more like struck by, is how is the more what I would consider more adult elements of it and the adult elements are often kind of very very kind of sanitized but they ultimately aren't really something that i think that that is is the best for kids yes there's stuff here that 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 kids can get out of especially from um uh uh i, I can't remember the characters names but but, but the girls 22 the girl yeah. soul. what's that 22, the female soul. What? 22 yeah 22 okay so there's so there's 22 i i think that that she's kind of the kind of the the proxy for kids where they can she's the pov character right where it's almost yeah, like, a, little, like yeah. a kid that's right and she's trying to like find and she's like i don't know what i want to do with my life and that's okay you know she's just constantly operating kind of like in like this um this like was it an afterlife or was it kind of like like a, like a purgatory yeah, or something like purgatory, you know what i'm talking yeah. about right yeah um or, or some kind of like 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 waste you know something like in between right mm. um and i think for her you could definitely make the argument and i would actually agree with you that that character has enough to her that she um is very much like it, it's very appropriate for kids in that respect yeah but i think like a lot of kind of the more existential dread is stuff that i personally don't necessarily think young children should be as um well, it's okay to have some. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 th- I think it's good, in my opinion, at least what I got out of it personally, is that I thought, oh, wow, this is a bit too adult for children. But then but then it's like, but is that okay? Because is there enough there for, for kids? And maybe there is enough there for kids. But then, like, well, what, how do I treat the more adult stuff? Well, as a young adult myself, I look at this more adult stuff, and I think, well, this is just not really, like, like, like yeah, I know that. And this is what I'm seeing with a lot of people. A lot of adults liked it for the adult stuff. A lot of people were praising it like, oh, this is more adult for this is more adult. I can't believe they made a film for adults. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I, I, I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, but that's what a lot of people were saying, right? Mm-hmm. And my response to them is, hey, maybe instead of watching this, you should be watching films that are actually more for adults that aren't giving the simplest answers for, for but, these more complex situations. But I would argue that but, but, Soul doesn't give simple answers. Soul is a very open-ended movie while also encouraging introspection. Okay, In fact, so, I, like my biggest argument is that okay. I, I got way more out of Soul than an adult movie like Hereditary. <laughs> well, okay. I think, there, to me, okay, I think I may like Soul more than her. Well, I don't know. Hereditary has its moments, but... Um, yeah, but, but to me, Hereditary isn't a film that's about... That's a weird comparison, No, man. I think it's, it's actually a very important comparison, because Hereditary is okay. a film that works entirely off preconception. The reason it's considered, I've seen that film on best of the decade list. We, we know, we've seen Ari Aster's background. He's a dipshit. He doesn't know anything about people, <laughs> relations. He has no insights. Have you seen, have you seen, okay, a little bit of a side tangent. Have yeah. you seen the strange thing about the johnson yes what the fuck how did he get a multi-million dollar movie deal deal off of that but the (laughs) thing is is that that film operates the same way as strange thing about the johnsons but the but hereditary has this enticing cinematography these weird kind of like 
like um, you know symbolic elements with the dollhouse and stuff. But in reality, it's just a stupid horror film. It's just a stupid, and that's cool. If it was if it was dangerous as a stupid horror film, I wouldn't feel the need to rail against it. Uh, but there are. Think- um, I, 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 I... I'm not really in the mood to defend Ari Aster because sure. I'm kind of like split on him. But like, there are things I liked about the movie, but there are also a lot of things I didn't like. But sure. but back but in relation to kind of like where Soul fits into this, I think like a person definitely can make a case for Soul. Mm. Don't get me wrong. The things I post on Letterboxd and Twitter, it's hy- it's hyperbolic. The stuff sure. I put in my well, the stuff I talk on Zach's channel may be hyperbolic too sometimes. Yeah. But the stuff I put on my own channel, for the most part, I would say that that's a bit more kind of like where my you know, I could, if I wanted to, I could probably make like a, a uh, analysis of Soul. I think I could, I think I could make an analysis of any film, really. Yeah. Um, but I, but the thing is, I'm more driven by the things that I'm more interested in, sure. right? Um, yeah, and I'm not and that's interested in that. But 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 the thing is, what you're saying, what, my little um, my little comment on Letterboxd is a response to the way that I'm seeing a lot of people. Um, engage with the text, right? Yeah. Maybe that's not how you see it, mm-hmm. and maybe you're getting something out of it that you've that you personally view as profound. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. It's whatever. But ultimately, I think that the way that people were championing this film is it, it kind of sets a bad, bad precedent because I think that Disney and Pixar need to stop having such a hold on 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 the American culture. Well, and, yeah. and, and probably not just American culture, probably just kind of the Western culture. Yeah. Um, but, but... And it, especially for adults, especially for adults. And because they're like, whoa, 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 this is this is like, look at this film. Like, yeah. listen, like all that existential stuff is I think it's been done better in other films personally. Do, can you get yeah. something out of it? Sure. I bet you can. That's fine. But, but and, and but at the same time, like the film, it's ultimately made for kids. It shouldn't like but then I don't why think it's not as reserve much made for those arguments. Okay. Why not reserve those arguments for like Marvel films? Like Marvel films are films that are so much more simplistic, have way less things that you can construct. Okay, game so so they're talked about. You'd argue that you'd argue that a, you'd argue a Marvel film is is is, is a lot. Uh, more simplistic than Soul, and, and you're mm. thinking that I'm just not giving Soul enough credit because way, I yeah. actually have. Okay, I I have uh, analyzed a couple uh, children's films on my channel. Actually, mm. I think I think the Land Before Time, for example, the the original Land Before Time is a great movie. Mm. And and may I like kind of elaborate on, on why I think that is? Um, I think I think like adults can appreciate it, um, and and probably should appreciate it. Um, for the way that it communicates messages to both children and adults, because if you look at like one scene, like like within it, basically kind of the the children dinosaurs notice kind of like these uh they're kind of, they're sort of like unaware or not exactly they're not exactly unaware but 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 they're raised in an environment that's basically like apocalyptic mm. right where 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 life is 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 they're the age of the dinosaur is is kind of fading yeah and there's this moment where. They see like these uh, sauropod dinosaurs, kind of like like, like a brontosaurus, brachiosaurus kind of thing. Uh, but I think it's like a seismosaurus, but that's that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> basically, there's a lot of like lo- long necks, as they call them. We're eating like all these leaves, and the kids are watching. And they're like, "Hey, they're they're eating all their food. They're not even sharing." So to the children, that implicitly sends a message of, "Hey, we need to share with each other." But to the adults, there's a dual message in it. To the adults, is that. Well, these children are looking at things very kind of naively, very like innocently, and not in a condescending way. But it's like it's like, oh wow, that's that's kind of like heartbreaking because mm. the the adults know it's like survival of the fittest, yeah. right? Um, and and it's very different messages for different audiences together at the same time. But, and I think in that way it works very well. Mm. Something like Soul. Maybe I'm not giving Soul enough credit. Maybe mm. there's something that I wasn't really kind of like 
appreciating about it. And maybe I have too many like biased like predispositions mm-hmm. towards Disney and Pixar films based on the previous track record. Yeah. Um, that I just was not engaging with the text as sufficiently as I, as maybe I should have. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the way that people engage with Soul is what I was more so critiquing within that kind of little blurb. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what? I I, I can understand that. But the the thing that like I, I kind of thought was a contradiction was um for just an example that, that you rated very low Spy Kids 3D. Like that's a film that is made for kids. I rewatched obsessively. Okay, as a kid. I, 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 I have no comment about that film. It's been way too long. Oh like, sure, I, I yeah, it's fine. I just feel like no, okay, okay. A lot of my ratings were imported from IMDb, and I rated yeah. and, and I started that IMDb when I was sixteen, so okay. I, I, have, I have nothing. Like yeah, like well, no, and that's just uh, it's just a tendency that I've kind of noticed that that kind of upsets me is that you'll notice way lower averages. Again, this is me freaking out against the masses. It's just something that like I've noticed is that you'll notice. Um, an average children film for someone um, growing up in the 2000s will have a way lower average than any other movie just on like as a tendency and that's because people get this notion that oh this is a children's film I can't like this because I'm a grown up so they'll, they'll half star Spy Kids oh, movie and five yeah, star I, I think that's a very immature mentality but at the same mm. time I would still argue that we should sort of move away from social infantilization, which I kind of feel like with the proliferation of both of of the Marvel movies and with the proliferation of Pixar and Disney, even if they have some good films. I even think that Pixar has some good films, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like Toy Story, and I think Monsters, Inc. is pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, 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 like, but ultimately, they, um, I think that, like, the proliferation of it, it it's, it's consuming culture too much. Yeah. And, to the point where movies that are made specifically for adult audiences are sort of getting dumber or at least it seemed like that yeah at least for in the sure Hollywood and system. I, I would rather critique those movies because in a way kids movies are getting right, better but, but i think it's but the thing is i think that's kind of looking at it a bit too too much on an individual level because i think it's it sort of kind of says something about society at large where it's like hey i think it's a mixture of both where where society itself is becoming a bit more infantilized and partially it's because we've become a bit more with the, with the proliferation of the internet and kind of like the way social media has gone the way that um, the, the Western culture has, has gone is kind mm. of like we, we recognize kind of like there's so many like, like social injustices and it becomes more and more like kind of like apparent and we kind of want this form of escapism and I think like it's cool to have escapism I do think so and on an individual level I don't really judge but at the same time I think there's it says something about society where like I think like like Hollywood movies they're not only becoming more corporatized but they're also and that's an issue and I think there's mm. but they're also becoming the sort of infantilizing culture yeah. and I think that social infantilization is intrinsically tied to this like heavy commercial cinema yeah. and and I, and I think it's it's not really doing society any favor yeah absolutely and if, and if and if you want to like rail against that tendency absolutely but is it soul's fault like I mean like in the same well, way uh, you, you would, say, you, say you can probably, engage with it Probably not specifically now. Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing. Like, like, you're engaging with its marketing, its response, but like in the same way, you can still engage with a Lenny Riefenstahl film or a D.W. Griffith film. You should still be able to engage with Soul on an individual basis and what it's articulating and what I think it's articulating. Yes, 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 absolutely. But but when it comes to Soul specifically, mm-hmm. I would just say that personally speaking, I didn't. I was not particularly impressed. Sure. Maybe it was just the given time that I was watching it. Yeah, I and, but I would love for you to delve into that. I was that. not particularly impressed, and I don't. And I think that ultimately, kind of the messages that it was sending, maybe there's some things to salvage that were good, but by the end of the day, I think that it was a bit, it was a bit, it was not how I personally would have liked it to be. And sure. I don't, and even if I, I just don't, I just don't think it's, I just didn't really think much of it, like yeah. like positively. Yeah. And the discourse around it was even worse. Yeah. But absolutely. I try not to let discourses around films really like 
like kind of affect my opinion too much sure. but sometimes when it comes to children's media it's kind of it, I, I will admit maybe I, there are some biases i do have towards it but i try i don't i try not to but at the same time i feel like i'm more forgiving of things that are older it just yeah. it just is true no that's fine um, when it comes to when it comes to things because because the society itself has uh, has kind of like it's maybe it's not really soul's fault but soul exists as like one example of of quite a few of a time period where i think that things are very i feel like things are really kind of like out of order yeah well, it, no it's dangerous that that, that that that's like kind of like infantilized society and i and i don't think that it's like it's, maybe it's not soul's fault specifically but it's ultimately kind of contributing to something yeah. that that's an issue right now like for example um and may and i'm sure there's okay i i'm under the opinion of like that kind of like i look at things through paradoxes right mm -hmm. like um and 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 I found that to kind of be a healthy way of, of approaching art because because yeah. I know for sure that there are definitely are some hypocrisies in the way that I approach art. You yeah. know, for example, I may like something from like T. W. Griffith that has very strongly. Um, in a strong like a political uh, like kind of like implications that, that I complete that are in complete opposition to my own yeah whereas something that I you know where something that's a bit like a bit a bit a bit more um approachable and more agreeable I may dislike yeah. uh, so, so uh, for political reasons so I I understand there's an incongruity yeah. and I do like kind of appreciate things kind of from a detached sociological lens sometimes at least especially mm -hmm. when it's like a work of art that I that could potentially be seen as dangerous or like or, or deeply deeply like like kind of harmful yeah right um like okay but but for example like uh, like i've defended zach snyder on my channel before and, mm. and and i plan to continue doing so yeah um but the thing is like he ultimately does make films that i think are in if not directly indirectly contributing to kind of the, this mass like well, infantilization and and uh intrinsic like kind of link to to commercial like consumerist um nerd culture that i mm -hmm. think is damaging yeah it's it's true and it's like is it his fault no mm -hmm. but then the question then is that i would say that i would have for myself would be like should I really be like um, so like harsh towards something like like soul? The thing about soul, I just didn't like care for it. Yeah, that's and, just the end of the day. Yeah, it's fine. Just I, I just don't want um, want you to be articulating yourself for disliking this film for the wrong reasons. But I, I think what right. You... But, but 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 my question then is is it really the wrong reasons though in, in this case? But 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 at the end of the day, I think like but it's like is it's no like half starring real... Evangelion because you hate anime conventions. It's like I well, love End of Evangelion. Yeah, right. It's, it's a, a great, great film, movie. and that's why I chose it because I know you liked it. It's because it's like is evangelion i think that's that's one of the hey listen listen end of evangelion is one of the best films ever made uh, uh hands down if it's not the best animated films i I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what the other one i think is the best so, yeah yeah no um, absolutely no it's phenomenal i mean i'm obsessed 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 with evangelion but that's the thing is that like i feel like like the the way you you would you critique souls the same way as like blaming evangelion for the, the rise of like waifu culture and loneliness when it's like sure i mean ray and asuka are kind of icons of that sort of movement but that's not oh okay okay so I, I guess the thing is that the problem here is was what you're saying is like I just okay anime anime is kind of like one of those things where like it, it, uh, one reason I don't watch it that much is sort of because of the culture that surrounds yeah, it yeah. that I find quite like obnoxious yeah uh, a lot of the times uh, but but I still like some anime films it doesn't mm. really prevent me from watching because... I just watch them less than other things that even though I'm sure there are plenty of things that I would still like yeah um but the the, the thing is it is true that like um I, I don't necessarily i can divorce a text from its overall context it's true exactly or, or or at the very least not necessarily divorce it from that context but kind of like don't 
focus on that so much. Um, well, and I would prefer looking at the individual text too. Hmm. So, but, but, but sometimes I, sometimes when I talk about writing, there's just different ways that I want to write sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when it comes to like some children's films, I maybe just want to talk more about the culture at large and use that as an example. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, for sure. But, and like, and I understand maybe, that. Maybe, maybe there are some biases that I have towards like children's films, at least of the, of the contemporary age, mm-hmm. because I see so many patterns that I think are, are harmful. But also, I also do think that it is somewhat healthy to be critical more so of children's films than other things and the reason why is is because i would argue that um children's films are, are are some of the most potentially dangerous films made absolutely and the reason why and the reason why is because this is what we're ultimately kind of raising children on yeah absolutely and well that's why something like for example the emoji movie or even to choose a really stupid example food fight these are films that oh i hate yeah food fight's terrible yeah but you see it's funny because food fight is a movie everyone hates and they should because that is a film that is solely about product consumerism it's like brainwashing for children it's a really bad idea and absolutely that's why but i feel like people feel very similarly i think people are have like you know parents have an innate sense of protection over their children and that's why they really want to like you know vet the content and that's why i'm kind of glad pixar although they're connected with disney all these awful cultural practices has continued to make films with good messages because they know they can't sell them without that and that's why something like marvel slips through the cracks because people aren't as watchful over those films so i'm just well actually but but the thing is i would i would still maybe kind of like bring into i mean i haven't been all that i haven't really caught up with pixar that much Mm -hmm. but like um i would still argue that a lot of these children's films that supposedly teach good messages like even if they even if the core message that's identifiable may be good there's still a lot of other implications by the way that they convey it that I think are not good. Like, like for, for children. Do I think that Pixar can make some good films? Yes, yeah. I do. Or at least they have. Yeah. I, you know... Um, I just think, like, like, and, hate, like hating something on principle, like, half-starring soul because it's a Pixar movie. Uh, oh, and, oh, no, I'm not accusing I, I, you of this. I'm just saying this is a tendency people have. It's like, you know, you can't blame the work for these greater contexts, but you can critique the context and see how we can get above that. And I think those are kind of separate conversations where like in 200 years, um, people can go look back on Soul and be like, oh, this is a cool movie. It has these cool things I can internalize that are divorced from whatever negative tendencies you might right. see. Right, and, and, and I think, right, and, and especially, yeah, I, I can see that. And, and also like, I think that um, you can definitely look at different texts that are that are simple or complex yeah. and, and sort of find find some kind of like value within them. That's what I do a lot of the times. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, that, and, 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 and I know you do that and that's I, why I, just, I was like, what's, what's with this then? Well, yeah, yeah, I could, I, I could see, I could see like an issue there. I use ratings on like Letterbox because I don't take the, that thing seriously. Yeah. Um, when I didn't mean but, the hard like, so much. I don't, I don't use that. I don't use like kind of like I, don't, I try to avoid the kind of like qualitative like judgment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, my, in my videos, actually. So, like, sometimes people won't, won't even know if I like something or not because I'm just trying to like, kind of like look at at sort of neutrally. But, and but sometimes I do kind of like people can usually tell that a lot of times that I do like something or I don't, or yeah. I don't, you know, but, but like, but I, but I try to like, I may say something that I like it, or I think this is good so, or, or so on and so forth. Cause I think it's still important for conversation to some yeah. extent, uh, from the more personal level. But at the same time, like, like when I'm talking, when I'm analyzing a work, I- I'm talking, I- I'm sort of like d- divorcing my own like emotions about it. Yeah. It, it does depend though, but I try not to, I want people to think for themselves though. Well, I want yeah. people to think outside of kind of like what they're told to think. Well, I think that that's, that's, that's the most, 
I think that's a really important process of having that initial response, um, accepting it, analyzing it, and then determining how you can spin this into something that is applicable to others. And I think that's important for yes. art creation and art engagement. Yes, because the, the way I see it, and this is what I find so like nihilistic about so many like YouTubers, they they'll get like a hundred thousand like even if they just have like a thousand um, subscribers, mm -hmm. if they have like hundred thousand, it's even worse. If somebody like Leafy is here, it's even worse <laughs> <laughs> because like because I think like wh why would you have so many subscribers and you don't want to improve their lives? Yeah challenge them in any way yeah. that's in that, that, that's crazy to me yeah like, like, like how you know um well and you get even worse like uh, i think that's the worst kind of thing on the flip side between beside art engagement is art creators where they become so obsessed with the notion of having a career that they stop evolving their art stop preserving things that are widely applicable and instead just kind of chase these ideas of weird things like to me like yes yes but at the same time i think it is important to kind of like see the cultural canon and, and sort of kind of engage with what what people around you are sort of engaging with sure. and that's kind of why i started um shifting a bit more to a bit more popular films because yeah. i have a back catalog of things that people haven't seen or don't care about yeah. um well, and, and then i and, but i'm starting to do a bit more things like like I, you know i did sounds of lambs i did i did blade runner i did boys don't cry in some movies that people actually know yeah and um and it's like they want to hear my thoughts, and that's cool. But, uh, but it's like, or Star Wars as well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like um, I think it, I think it's important to have both, though, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And kind of like the thing is, when you uh, review those films, it's not at the price of genuity. Like it's not like you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just do this because it's popular. It's like no, you're just shifting your focus and sensitivities to something that's applicable to other people, which is what we were just talking about. You're trying to communicate something to make people's lives better, and you know they'll engage easier with this, which is that's different. Yeah, and what I do, and because I also uh, I teach uh, English composition at the moment. Mm. Um, well, not during the summer, but like yeah. th that's my job currently. Yeah. Um, so I, I teach in a university, and um, and a big part of what I'm doing is is I try to get people to think more critically. Yeah, and that's what I do with my videos too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's like that's a that's a fantastic goal. Yes, <laughs> I, don't really, I really know where to go from that. Can I bring up another, um, just, again, you've talked about how your letterbox means nothing over and over again. There's just one film I'm so passionate about that you kind of had an offhanded review about. I just kind of oh, want to no. dig deeper. <laughs> is that what I think it is? It, go on. I don't know, uh, Midori? Uh, the, the oh, Russian, no, uh, okay. Oh, what did you think it was? Time. Oh, oh no, that's on the list. Don't worry, you're not getting off the oh, okay. the film on that. Okay, um, okay, so, okay, so Midor, uh, remind me, is, is that the uh, one where they crush puppies? Well, that's one scene that everyone reduces the movie to, but yes, it does well, have the puppy oh, stepping okay, scene. Okay, so, so the way I look at that film, okay, so, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I gave that um, 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, on, like not, not a negative review at all. I'm just surprised though someone, because you know, you have this great passion for Salo and all these misunderstood films that something like Midori, which is a film misunderstood by a lot of people, you well, just had this, you know, very toss-off take. To me, to me, to me, I get a little kind of, I feel a little weird when it comes to like, uh, children, honestly. When it comes to, like, like Salo, they're at least like teenagers. Like, when it comes to like children, it's, 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 it's a bit sort of like difficult for me to stomach um sure. and that's sort of like kind of my personal reaction but also it's like it's almost so gross and the way that uses animation is, is very gross it's it, it's quite like 
fascinating in some ways, but but it's like I just don't know how I feel about it, honestly. And that's kind of why I gave it kind of like just in the middle, kind of yeah. like a, of a rating, because I just don't I don't really know how I feel about it. I'm sure if I tried to kind of like look into it and write about it, I'm sure I'll probably like it more. When I yeah. write about films, generally speaking, I like them more. Yeah. It, it just happens. Um, uh, I, I did that video on Leon, um, and, and even that one is like, <laughs> I uh, I quite criticize it, but I'm a little confused if, if I like it or not. But, no, yeah, because but I, that, that's I, a prickly movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because because there's there's things to talk about, but but when it comes to um, when it goes to Midori, I I, I definitely think there's a, there's a lot there to kind of like appreciate, and I understand why people like it. I just I don't really have that much to say about that one at, at the moment. Yeah, it, no, absolutely, was, and I, I understand. I like, like, I just wanted to, to clarify that. I just say. That film is very worth checking out because that was animated by one guy over like yes, a decade. Yes. Okay. So, so like, in theory, I should be praising it. I feel yeah. like. No. And, and, and who and knows? I'm glad Maybe you're sometime not down the road, I'll talk about it on my channel. Who knows? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. It's, it's no problem. I'm just saying that's a that's like one of my like ten favorite movies for sure. Oh and, really? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That, that film is. I mean, but then again, I like it for a lot of the similar reasons I like Sallow, where it's just this guy made something out of out of time, out of context, and just made something so singular, so passionate, and so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, so, uh, yeah. So you quite like like passion projects, and I'm not gonna lie, I quite like them too. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you can just tell if something's a passion project. Well, if someone's um, gonna say they don't like passion projects, they're probably a fucking psychopath. So you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, um, or a Marvel fan. <laughs> you never know. Um, but like, but like actually, you know what? Maybe that's not as absurd as an argument as we're making. Because I think a lot of the films we talk about, Salo, Midori, or of course the the kind of a, a, a big film when talking about this stuff, The Brown Bunny, those get accused of self-indulgence. Where it's like, oh, this guy was so passionate, he lost... You lost the the narrative and stuff, and which is so weird because people would say those exact same things about a film they like and say, "Oh, this guy was so passionate and honed in; he made something so different and changed the game." But it, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous that kind of um, criticism. I'm I'm just saying that might be something people say to those sort of films. I agree. Yeah. So sorry, I, <laughs> that was a rant. That wasn't a. Well, 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 <laughs> but but it's just kind of like some some arguments. I just don't really. Okay, here's the thing. When it comes to a lot of like arguments, I try to entertain them. I really really do yeah but sometimes it comes a point where i just think like i just don't just like sometimes it's just like i just don't think it's worth engaging with yeah, like, a... so it comes to some like i just put out a video like at the time of this recording i did this today um on a uh, gaspar noe and like and and whether or not like uh the accusation the accusations of homophobia actually like um um, are of merit mm -hmm. and because I think it's at least worth discussing just like when I did the Phantom Menace I, I talked about kind of the more the racial implications of, of it like because I think it's worth discuss yeah discussing it's a conversation was worth discussing because of some arguments that I just don't think are worth it the worth like my time yeah. a lot of, a lot of like pure very ultra puritanical takes about like how like sex scenes shouldn't be in movies like <laughs> like I see that on Twitter sometimes yeah. I'm like just get that away from me I don't need to know that that's even a conversation yeah. at the moment you know what I mean like, well, yeah. so like so, and sometimes like there's some interpretations that I think are like um, I don't think it's necessarily the artist's responsibility um, to pander to, to make sure that idiot um, audience members understand their work yeah. <laughs> honestly um, uh, with maybe some reservations from for some children's films for some <laughs> for obvious reasons um, but um 
I, I guess like I, I forget where I, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, actually. yeah, that's fine. But I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and it's just about choosing your battles. You know, it's like if if you find someone who's being an idiot, but you see where they're coming from, you see yes. some of those kind of reservations in yourself. Well, that's a conversation. But if you see someone well, yeah, who's yeah, just it, ridiculous, well, like what are you gonna well, do? Well, yeah, and that's the thing because I think like it's worth having these discussions, right? Because yeah. like because people are having these these discussions, and it's like, hey. Would this affect? Should this? Should we should consider this more because we can deepen our appreciation for the film, or sometimes maybe not be in its favor. It happens, mm -hmm. but we are still engaging with it more. That's what. That's how my take. Well, and speaking but, of um, arguments, let's talk about the Safety Brothers. If you if you're if you're ready for that. Okay, okay. Tell me this first off. What is your uh, what's your main issue with with, with Ari Aster? Because I'm going to relate this to the Safties. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be excited to hear it. My main issue with Ari Aster is I don't feel like his films come from a place of sensitivity. His films come from a place of assuming mm. w what is to be taken seriously, taking these sort of... Like, he's admitted, he, he's a very kind of collage guy. He takes things from films he likes that he finds thrilling and wants to make these ultimate roller coaster rides that also pander to preconception because that way you don't have reservations about this crazy thing you at least for artier people which i'd assume he is and are willing to commit to something like hereditary because it has these big arty notions and can then have a dumb roller coaster ride that that that's that's what i think of ariaster so would you say that also he may have like a a problem of um kind of like putting too much on the screen at once where it's like it's like oh i need to constantly shock them i need to like put this you know think about like the the decapitation scene and then the aftermath of but, that but for example again, I, I feel like um, that scene's underdone if anything i think the editing of that scene is just okay. really janky and just weird and arrhythmic so, so so i would like to and i'll get to the safties here in a, in a moment yeah. here but 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 so, so the issue that i have with hereditary the decapitation it, it's not so much the decapitation in itself yeah it, it, or that scene i I actually like that scene from from memory, at least. At least, at least I was kind of like hooked. But sure. Um, so I, I posted this elsewhere before. But but so like the rotting head shot mm. in Hereditary when you see it on the road. The issue I take with uh, this moment, it, it isn't like showing such a horrific sight because like um, well, like I, I'm all for like, like like having these visceral sequences and, and seeing like these like shocking things on screen yeah but the thing is um the horror of the situation was already established from the son's point of view uh uh was it alex wolf um yeah so the horror is basically what what um he does not see because it's the peripheral he's yeah. like he looks behind and he knows that like oh this is my sister and her head is off and mm. it's like so, so it's like you feel for him yeah. right and then like you know he goes to bed he wakes up in the morning he hears screaming from his parents yeah and i it would maybe be yeah, I would maybe be forgiving if it showed the um, the parents' reaction to seeing the decapitated body. Yeah. But then it cuts. To, but we don't see that, and I'm cool with not showing that also because because it's more about the son in that moment, and that's mm. where the horror is coming from. Like the reactions, like what like what am I going to be put through now? What what does this mean to me? What does this mean to my family? Yeah. But it's a very personal level. But. It doesn't even show what the parents are seeing. Exactly. Instead, it's showing what the police are seeing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With the decapitated. And what that's ultimately saying is that's just to shock the audience. Yeah. And I just don't see much value in that. And because I feel like it's sort of like obscuring like, like what it's actually doing. Because I think it's, it's just like Ari Astor, he's that. And watching the strange thing about the Jonathans really contextualize <laughs> yeah. how, um, how kind of like um, misguided of 
of a filmmaker I think Ari Aster is. Don't get me wrong, I think Aster is talented behind the camera, but he doesn't know how to sort good ideas from bad. It's it's a similar issue that I have with Aronofsky. Sure. Um, it's it's not exactly what like the the sight of this of this uh, head represents in relation to the source of horror. It's like it doesn't really um, say anything about the characters in the exactly. moment. It doesn't say anything about, about about the way that the horror is established. It's all over the place. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's, um, that's exactly what I was but, talking but the about. The, but the rest of the film does little to present this like unbiased, like like objective, like God's eye view of mm-hmm. the events. So brief asides just feel like so unearned, edgy, and inconsistent. Yeah, that's that's my take. Well, and that's so, exactly um, what, what I was talking about. That comes from like if he was making a film of someone who had experienced familiar trauma or had insight into this familial trauma that weird insecure contradictory presentation mm-hmm. wouldn't be there because he would know not to do that but that's not his goal his goal is to approximate these things for the goal of a roller coaster right and a lot of people call this kind of like elevated horror or something <laughs> i don't know what where that's coming from um i uh, uh I wasn't that big on the lighthouse either by Robert Eggers, um, but but I, but I actually did like the witch. Uh, but at any rate, um, the uh, those like criticisms that I have towards um, Ari Aster, what I was just saying about that head scene. Yeah, I have similar issues with with. I've only seen well, I've seen some of their shorts, which I have mixed opinions on. Yeah, but, but uh, the Safety Brothers, um, the main two films that everybody talks about, Good Time and uh, Uncut Gems. And, uh, um, um, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Um, so think about like similar to Hereditary is is in Uncut Gems like there's sequences of like Adam Sandler like um doing like crazy things right and sometimes it's fun don't get me wrong I, yeah. I think I would probably like Uncut Gems a bit more if I rewatched it but there's like but I feel like it doesn't leave any room to breathe and it's almost kind of like very um yes it builds anxiety and I get that it would actually be more anxiety inducing if it has some kind of more of a proper counterbalance. Sure. Some may argue it does, and I think Uncut Gems does this better than Good Time, but yeah. but I would say like it's almost relentless and it doesn't like, it, like you know, it's like something always has to happen because like yeah. I feel like the Safety brothers are worried about like, I don't want people to be bored at any point. I want them to always have like, but it's like, it's just so, to me that actually is boring because it's like constantly, it's like Adam Sandler doesn't just have to um, get into an argument with his with his uh, mistress. He yeah. has to like, like splash like, um, like a milkshake in her face or yeah. whatever yeah it, it, it's, it's it's constant it's the same thing that i same issue they have with midsummer and uh and and hereditary i like midsummer a bit more but like um it, it's like this constant thing and in a lot of ways we talk about like elevated horror the way that i see like like the way they look at the way that a lot of kind of like dare i say normies like yeah. look at like good time and uncut gems they look at it from a very kind of like superficial way where, like an elevated where they don't thriller. say it they don't call it this but they look at it like as elevated thriller absolutely they look yeah. at it as like elevated robert pattinson picture elevated <laughs> yeah. adam sandler picture yeah and it's like don't get me wrong i'm sure there's different ways to look at these films mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm and i'm express myself hyperbolically on like on like letterbox when it comes to these films um but um ultimately like i just like the same i have very similar issues with aster as i do the safety brothers yeah. um at least based off of these two films yeah um some of their other stuff looks kind of good uh there's something about like pleasure of being robbed or yeah. well, I, well, I don't remember what it's called that's, that's, uh, that's, that's that an amazing actually, film yeah pleasure of being robbed yeah that, that actually looks quite good to it's me really I think good, really good yeah like I, and that's um, weird people like passed that one over that's an that's like my second favorite of theirs but anyway sorry. well that's why i think it's probably good yeah because it's because people don't like hail it no. like um well i mean i mean i don't know i'm, I'm being a little contrary in that sense no no but, no yeah uh, but at the end of the day like i feel like like the safties are a bit too insecure with like 
letting the film breathe for, yeah. for like two minutes yeah. um and and they just like they just throw so much stuff on the screen some of it does aid in kind of the overall thematics don't get me wrong mm. they are telling stories there are there's value in good time there's value in uncut gems yeah. don't get me wrong um but when it comes to like uncut gems also it's like you know you talk like i find like the you know, I, I, I try to avoid using the like terms like emotionally and manipulative, yeah. um, because I feel like, well, doesn't a good film manipulate the audience? Exactly. It's yeah. Like, so, uh, but I don't know. But but I don't know how else to really put it. At yeah. least kind of off the cuff. Um, the ending where it's like you, you cut to like you know people with like a, a bunch of neurodivergent people, mm. um, and it's like and it's suddenly like cue the sad music after all like this epic like whoa somebody falls off a building and, and like and somebody sees it from a car like well it's just like constant 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 yeah. um, and then like oh look at this sweet tender moment like oh look at all these like um, people with autism it's like oh I just found that very kind of sickening yeah honestly. no I, you, it's funny everything you mentioned is exactly how I felt about their films on first watch I, I was not a fan i saw good time in theaters okay. i was offended i saw uncut gems right when it came out and i was just like i just don't get it i just don't get it what are these i, I, I wasn't offended i just i just rolled my eyes sure. Oh, sure. Um, but, but the, the thing is i, I think the, all the things you talk about are the way people view these movies as these relentless thrillers with these crazy um psychopathic yeah. characters that is absolute and actually listen josh and benny safty are the most interesting interviewers ever and this is a big part where me learning about the totally unlock their movies for me their movies are not meant to be thrillers although they use genre convention to make them approachable <laughs> their films are all character studies on ambition and about um, I can, you know uh, at least between those two films I can, def I can definitely see that yeah um, absolutely um, and, I, yeah I can see that and they're so empathetic like, like, but it's easy to miss that in the way that their films are so crazy and well, they, they bring like like a yin and yang to the character where it's both a critique like, and a pretty damning critique in, in all their films and yeah, there's also, there's also like a, a call champion. to like human empathy right yeah is what you're saying yeah exactly <laughs> but, but it's not just human empathy it's a very sensitive empathy to these types of characters that mm -hmm. in a way all their movies are variations about them telling about their father which is really weird but it's all of them talking about what inspiration is what artistic drive is and why art and like ambition are important so in that sense i would say that maybe the difference between uh the safties and and aster as i previously compared them um is, is sort of kind of the drive behind what they're doing yeah exactly is that like is I, I wouldn't say yeah. anything is out of place in in, in uncut gems and good time although through your lens of viewing it as a thriller and most people's lens absolutely there are things that don't work and they could, could work better as genre pictures well, but in well, terms well, of conceptual well, yes, pieces, yes but even if even if you just kind of view it as a drama which you definitely can don't get me wrong and mm. i kind of i don't really I'm not really surprised by that. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, like it's still using these genre conventions, and 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 honestly, like the way it uses them, I don't really particularly um, care for in a lot of ways. That's right. Yeah, and, 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 that's... I think it, and, and I think sometimes it can undermine like the more kind of like dramatic element of it. Sure, absolutely, and and I understand that, and that's just your sensitivity to it. But to me, everything clicks immaculately in their pictures, and, and like, but and it's funny because viewing them before, I I didn't get them, and I just fell at a, at a distance, well, and I didn't feel it. But now well, through under understanding these characters they're suddenly so gripping to me and they're the most um, uh, invigorating films to watch for me and not okay, just anxiety yeah, well, and dis but like inspiring uh, 
I, I guess to call myself out, mm. um, you know, the ways that I was sort of criticizing, like, Hereditary and, and, and Uncut Gems and, and Good Time, like, yeah. I can probably say the similar thing about, like, Gaspar Noé's Climax. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, it's a lot of, like, crazy... Like, like, uh, but, but, but that's the thing, like, 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 sometimes it's like, well, I may, like, have, like, a certain idea in my mind of, like, this is why I don't really care for this. Mm -hmm. But then I think, well, wait, hold on, hold on a second, wait a second, back up, why is it that I like this film by this director that somebody could easily call me out for. Yeah. So I think about that, but then I think like, well, ultimately I think the difference is, is sort of kind of like um, the intentions behind it. Yeah, and the sensitivities, I, it, yeah. But, but, but not just the intentions behind it, sometimes it's also like, do I think the shock value or, or, or kind of like the unrelentless kind of like, like nature of it, yeah. do I think that it's, um, it's worthy of, of, uh, of my individual engagement? Yeah. And, 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 but that, that's determined by so many different factors yeah. get based off of what is actually shown on the screen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think it is just subjective judgment value. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right? And I just don't want you to make the same mistake I did at first because now they're far and away my favorite modern directors. I, and I, I think the point I wanted to bring up about the, the way it uses convention earlier is like why would I excuse certain deficiencies in a certain movie that would apply to a different movie and I think like you know sure you could cut good time on uncut gems to be something like parasite parasite is a film you have any suspicions about any sort of you know ideas the film has every single machination to never lose your suspension of disbelief to never lose your engagement and to appeal to any sort of preconceptions going in, which doesn't make I it like a bad Parasite. film. Yeah, no, Parasite's a cool film. I, I think Parasite's great, actually. Say, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's the thing is that I'm not willing to care as much about Parasite because, again, with me, just my individual little things, Parasite doesn't speak as much to personal passion, ambition, and those are things that have a much stronger sensitivity mm -hmm. to than what Parasite articulates. Okay. And, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, so that's just the justification for, like, why certain elements in a film are excusable in a way you know but, but something that i'd also like to bring bring to your attention now mm. um and i'm sure you probably thought about this to some extent but yeah. be, but it's like just because somebody sometimes we're interested in different things at different times in our life yeah and that's just the case and sometimes we watch certain movies like this is exactly what i need but then you rewatch it later and it's like yeah it's good i i know why i loved it before but it's like i'm just not as into it at the moment sure. it, it, it happens and that's yeah. totally fine and i when i think like you know but then it's like you know, you can watch a movie and you're just not in the mood, but it's like you kind of recognize in, in, in your mind, like, yeah, this is a good movie. Because ideally, in a, in a, in a, in a setting where I'm a bit more interested in that sort of topic, I, I, or, or kind of like emotionally there, I would recognize that as what I think is like, like really quality, you yeah. know? Um, so we do have like our own kind of like perspectives of quality based off of kind of like, like like kind of like outside of our own like immediate like experience right yeah kind of, of the way that we kind of engage with art yeah you know like, like it's true like i i often have cited like stalker as one of my favorite films but like i don't find myself talking about it that often mm -hmm. honestly yeah. i don't you know and, and, and i don't find myself re-watching it that often yeah um but it's like do i respect it the most he probably out of some of the films yeah, yeah. um but but also it's just sometimes I'm just not interested in watching Andrei Tarkovsky. Sometimes yeah. I'm not just sometimes I'm not as interested in watching Stanley Kubrick. I think he's a great. Exactly. I think they're both great. Sometimes I'm not as interested in watching Ingmar Bergman yeah. or John Luc Godard. But like I think there's I still think they're great at the end of the day. Yeah. I think ultimately, with some reservations towards like some '80s films that millennials can't let go of, um, <laughs> films before the twenty. 2000s probably before the new millennium yeah the ones that are like like classic and stuff 
I think I like just about every one of them. Yeah. The ones that are acclaimed for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'll have some hot takes here and there, but like, <laughs> but, but the core of the day, like, I, like I do recognize kind of like, like the, the general cultural canon, I view it as good. And I think like, it's also like, um, not necessarily our duties as people who are interested in film to like watch everything, but, mm-hmm. but I think like, it's sort of interesting to kind of like engage with culture and kind of like, and, and kind of understand where like people are coming from. Yeah. But at the same time, you should sort of like broaden that and you shouldn't be because still challenge that kind of like status quo of what the culture is yeah. you know it, like i view that like cultural context the same thing as like if you are to consider yourself i think that's what makes a quote-unquote cinephile or someone like interested in that is that you you are invested in the medium and and how this stuff evolves so you won't know the scope unless you look at these broad works like by tarkovsky bergman brisson godard whatever it, but it's only natural that these broad films that'll give you a great idea of the the links of the medium the where more films can more specifically go you're going to develop your own preferences your own personal proclivities and then your case can become much more singular you're going to move away from those films so i think that's only natural and it does not speak to the quality of those films necessarily you know yes sometimes yeah i I agree for the most part but sometimes also i think it's always important that the more you know the older you get you Mm -hmm. kind of still broaden your horizons and sometimes i think it's also good to kind of step outside of your immediate interest and and and, and especially culture i think it's very important to like um watch like quote foreign films for example And my story with that is like um, I started. I became an English tutor in my uh, undergraduate years, mm-hmm. um, and I was tutoring a lot of international students. At the same time, I was watching like movies from their countries, and yeah. I was like, oh, I, I started really kind of broadening my own like cultural like understandings. Eventually, I dated somebody outside of um, that wasn't originally from America. Yeah. Also, and, and it's like, and eventually, it's like it just kind of like I didn't realize how. Um, unconsciously like the kind of like like national not nationalistic but kind of like like, like, unconsciously like like patriotic and kind of like and and naive like my own views of of, Mm. uh, the world war because i just didn't see much outside of it Mm. before that and 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 i'll definitely say i've grown considerably since i think film is is definitely kind of like this 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 kind of like beautiful art form that uh that constantly evolves and but i think like ultimately the the main hesitation i have with completely agree with with what you're saying is i think you're almost like kind of singular you know making it too much of a singular um individual experience and my question is this should cinema um especially considering like the traditional like the theater it's a bunch of like like the chairs should Mm. should cinema not be a shared experience i think i think it probably should be Obviously, I we're think both are right now. We're having this discussion right now, and and I think like don't get me wrong. I, most of the times I watch films, um, I, I watch them alone, right? Oh, I'm the opposite. Um, most of the time I watch films, I watch them with other people. And it's funny because now we're coming at, with the opposite perspectives, where you're you're looking at film, you want you want it to be the shared experience, and I'm always watching film with other people, and I'm interested in what I'm internalizing. Right, but sometimes it's kind of like yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. It's, 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 it's that, that's how that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Also, like I know a lot of people when the pandemic hit, like they were they were um, basically not uh, watching like they were basically watching a lot of movies, right? Yeah. Because, because the pandemic just hit. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, because I, I just kind of like stopped watching them as much and i still haven't completely left that slump mm-hmm. I, i've became more interested in writing about them but like i just i couldn't get into that headspace because i i couldn't have like that as a balance to anything else because it just was like my life where it's like i don't have much to do and i and i can't i don't want to do this you know i don't have the motivation yeah and and so sometimes like like we you know 
I don't know. I I think like ultimately, um, there there's a lot of value to be had with the, kind of like the art form. But at yeah. the same time, I think also it has a lot of like um, negative like influences <laughs> on culture too. Sure, I yeah. would not trade it. But at the same time, like like you know, and, and I know Zach was saying this too. But basically, <laughs> like kind of like f film may lead to like murder and death and stuff. You look at something like the Birth of a Nation. I know that you'll like D.W. Griffith, but mm -hmm. like. But regardless of whatever Griffith's like misguided intentions were with the film, like it, and whether like it it actually really revitalized the KKK is a whole other story. But yeah. like, but it, but at any rate, it was at least used as a form of propaganda. It was at least used as evil, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm, I mean, I'm very critical of like kind of like like the Iraq War and stuff. And and you know, 300. As much as I like like Zack Snyder, and as much as I like that film, like yeah. that was still that was still screened for soldiers to kind of like prep them, like yeah, go out there, kill some Arabs. And yeah. No, that's the it's it's, it's terrible. But the, but it's ultimately kind of the way that. But art, art is just a reflection of culture too. It's mm -hmm. not always like it's not necessarily an instruction manual all the time. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. sometimes it is, but 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 sometimes it's kind of just more like. Things are going to be co-opted regardless. You're going to have idiots that look at um, Starship Troopers and somehow think it's actually uh, yeah. pro-Nazi, mm -hmm. and, and they're going to run with that. And, and they're just like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like, like should should we blame the movies always? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, but at the same time, like, like if it's not that movie, it was going to be something else. Exactly. If it wasn't Birth of a Nation, it would something else would have taken its place. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, if Triumph of the Will wasn't made, you, they would have just had somebody else make something that was pretty much the same thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, um, some, somebody else would have done it. You know, yeah. that's the way I look at all this. No, absolutely. You know, man, you brought so many points. <laughs> like, you bring up like four points I'm super passionate about. I'm just like, oh shit, I got to cover all this. But um, <laughs> I, I think the first one is something I, I kind of wanted to make sure wasn't misconstrued in my first episode was that, um, and also what I just said with the, when I talk about honing sensibilities, I don't mean limiting yourself to certain things. I just mean you'll, you'll both have a broader palette and have a deeper understanding of, of the things. Like, for example, with music, like I, I feel like I've went through a great deal of the rock music canon, and now I'm starting to branch out into like early hip-hop, and it's really opening up to me and stuff. And these are cultural contexts I have no familiarity right. with, but through just a sensitivity to like sound and the way LPs are made and stuff, that helps me engage with those things, which, again, it provides a gateway to these cultures that I'm unfamiliar with right. which is great what i warn against is people who don't have those sensitivities haven't really engaged with the canon just going in like you know watching a bunch of foreign films thinking this will make them look smart when really oh, it's right. like they're, they're tourists like, like, you know a, right it's a very weird trend i've seen on, only on letterbox and um and twitter and i guess discord yeah. just by, by by extension um yeah. it, it is like people like especially kind of like either young teenagers or people in the young 20s um, they'll uh, they'll basically just like watch the, 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 they'll skip like Sunset Boulevard yeah and they'll go straight to like Satan Tango or yep. something it's like it's like where is this coming from because they want to be as esoteric and like popular that's what it is yeah it's kind of like the desire to impress the desire kind of for mm -hmm. clout even and they'll find it in whatever way possible yeah um, but like but the thing is I see like all these like these Zoomer kids that are into films and you know they approach it the same way they approach philosophy and 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 politics which is very mm -hmm. kind of shallow but you know but people ought to start somewhere right people yeah. people come to um 
um, express themselves in different ways and, and also try to, to find interest. But then they also get into these weird, like, kind of hive mind circles where, where it's like, like, yes, this is great. This is great. Like, base, base, base. But but, when, but but I don't think it's very, like, you know, historically, every, you know, people would base their morals and, and kind of outlook on life on whether is this right or wrong? Yeah. Is this good or bad? But now it's like, is this based or cringe? <laughs> and I think that that's just not a healthy way to look at life. But Absolutely. I see this manifest in different forms. And, you know, luckily, you know, I see some of these people, like, over the last couple of years that you know they sort of grow out of it too mm-hmm. they kind of find their own and, and maybe they have to have kind of like the little community to kind of like really get there but it's it's so weird to me that there were teenagers out there that will watch an eight-hour hungarian film before they'll watch like a classic um piece of like kind of like hollywood Absolutely. with like with like, like marilyn monroe or something that that's that, that's crazy to me yeah um and it's like, I mean, I didn't really get, you know, I was into films for, you know, during my teenage years, but I didn't really watch that much mm-hmm. until I turned 18. I went to college because I'm like, well, hey, now's the time to see all these movies on the shelf. Let me just start watching them. Yeah. And then I remember I watched, I was like, all right, I should watch more foreign films. And then I'm like, I was, you know, I was watching Igmar Bergman. I was watching like Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I checked out like you know David Fincher and all those like people that everybody starts with Stanley Kubrick love the guy yeah um, 2001 is great you should be wrong about that um, but then That's also okay. like there's uh, they get like you know I watched like Battleship Potemkin and I thought you know I approached it in a way where I'm like yeah this is going to be kind of cute to today's standards I didn't really watch many silent films mm. then suddenly I'm like oh wow this is way more violent and kind of intense than I thought yeah and I, if I remember right like it brought me to tears because I, I really started engaging with it because yeah. I'm like oh and even even if it's like Soviet propaganda, state funded, and all that, like it doesn't matter. There's there's like kind of like beyond that. It's almost like kind of engaging with the medium in a new way. Because Eisenstein was really trying to push it forward. Mm-hmm. He may have done it through the through uh, through uh, state propaganda, yeah. but at the end, but at the end of the day, like it's kind of like read between the lines. What does he as an individual beyond kind of the system that he works under is actually saying? Maybe beyond the um, was still political, but beyond the kind of the the political um, instructions that, that he's kind of follows. Yeah. What is he saying between the lines about yeah. film itself, right? But you know, but it is intrinsically linked, and it's kind of like it's still connected. But sure. like, but, it, it's it's an interesting. But then also like you know, I just done went on to make things like Ivan the Terrible, um, that basically kind of like um, went against like Stalin and like mm-hmm. and um, all those other guys. Uh, but but it's like but that was like intended to kind of be sort of somewhat propagandic too and, mm. and kind of like but it's like it's self-critical so then i'm sort of thinking like hey is there something between the lines in potemkin like yeah. where he's actually sort of like kind of like countering a lot of this i would argue that maybe there is mm-hmm. and 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 i think that that brings a whole level of new engagement to the text yeah you know just like you know you could view that with so many different texts and i think like you can honestly kind of like you know some people you know some people will comment on like my star wars video and uh Star Wars fans are a whole other thing, but yeah. like, they will be like, "Yeah, this is so great! Like, 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 you made this so complex. That's great." And it's like, it's like your analysis is so complex, and this movie is so complex. It's like, yeah, it is, and I agree with that, and I think it's good too. Um, but at the same time, I also think you could still apply this to like something I don't like, like Force Awakens. You can, you mm. can, you can twist analysis in that way. Yeah, you can make something appear good you can always do that i feel like um yeah. but but ultimately i think the complexity does not necessarily equate to quality yeah so people will act like it does people will act like complexity equates to quality but only when it suits them and not when it, not yeah. when it comes to things that they know that they don't like but what i find interesting about like 
a little tangential, but I've kind of just gone to the topic because I was thinking about George Lucas. Mm. Uh, George, George Lucas, or Zack Snyder, or M. Night Shyamalan. These are all people that kind of like, you know, they made some films that people liked, but then at the end of the day, they were sort of kind of like Ostracized, seen yeah. as, um, also oh, the, the Wachowskis as well. Um, oh, yeah. They're seen as kind of these, these Hollywood filmmakers that they're basically, they're, um, they're, uh, they make popular movies, but 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 then they they fell out of favor from people. Yeah. Why? Because they have their own indiv- because they have their own individual identity. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. They don't conform to kind of the the recognized order of things in a yeah. lot of ways. They well, still will kind of they still make things that that, that are crowd pleasing to some extent, but there's still like a, somewhat of a divide, and I find that very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you know, people would turn on like like Shalom and stuff, but but like yeah yeah, I think some of his movies aren't good, but like, but but I think the vast majority of them actually are absolutely. Uh, yeah. Same goes and like, yeah, that's just that's just how it is. And and but I think I'd rather appreciate things for kind of being more unique. But even creativity and uniqueness does not necessarily make a work um, good necessarily either. Mm-hmm. What it, what it really comes down to is kind of like my own like at least for me my own perceptions of of whether I liked it or not. And in addition to that, my even if I don't always like to admit it, kind of my own recognition of um, of what I personally believe to be um, good in terms of quality. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And hearing you, hearing you say that was so cathartic because what you were expressing there about you know gaining a sensitivity to things and then being so moved by Battleship Potemkin and understanding how Eisenstein as an individual was slanting these things. Um, portraying these things in a way that transcended this sort of context that's what I mean by a universal truth to make this full circle you know like that I just don't know if I would call it universal truth sure it's a shitty phrase yeah Yeah, but I know what you're saying though yeah exactly Um. it's just like I think it's the sensitivity you know like he he understands these things he has insights into things into people that are much more nuanced than simple propaganda simple like functional cinema for direct means you know he wants to um put some forth something that is more essential to what people do and i I think that that's the point of art is to preserve that to be drawn on forever so that you know like like would he have imagined that 90 some years from now some some college kid would be crying to to this to this film and but that's the beauty of art and that that's what inspiration Mm -hmm. and all that is yeah no that, that that was absolutely great what you touched on and um yeah i mean it's almost like a good place to kind of wrap this up. It, yeah, it, that's or, what I was thinking. I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.